Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ASP gonna find me, cause I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit. You know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in, just smack the pull back, drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, just a table thing? Oh, surf looks good on it. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! Get a haircut. Yes, Shredheads, Whackheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Piece Award-winning surf journalist, Scumbelly's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. Smithy. And I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World Magazine, Tracks Magazine, Waves Magazine, Vaughn, Rinstcorn, Deadly. Smithy, Smithy, Smithy. What a week. It's been what quite the week. A week. Oh, thoroughly enjoyed it. A return <laughs> to old-fashioned high-performance surfing on an overhead point break. Very mad. Oh, man. Just so good to see an Aussie back on the victory dice. Two Aussies. In fact. Oh, mate. Hey. hey. Robbo. Hey. 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 Get it in here. Hey. Hey. Get back on protecting your mate. Hey. The Vortex Shaman and? restoring us. To a bit of our former glory, just a touch. Swelly and she-goat, getting uh, it done. Steph Gilmore, back where she Who else? Born. You called it, Vaughn, you called it. You said, quote-unquote, I just can't see anyone winning the event at Barra apart from Steph. And uh, true to form, the femme goat, in all her stylistic majesty, takes it out. Hey. What a win it was. The nanny goat. The nanny goat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a legend. Yeah, far out. Just... I was just watching Steph surf over there. I don't think I enjoyed anyone surfing more than hers. It was it was just beautiful to watch, man. That, those tiny little transitions, you know, it's all the stuff in between the ter- the surfing in a way where the real surfing's going down, man. Mm. It's it's cosmic that shit. Mm, there's something quite hypnotic about seeing a rangy kind of taller surfer do it well. You know, I think mm. of Flynn Novak. Uh, <laughs> Steph, uh, <laughs> James Caddo, all very stylish surfers. True. It's just something about it. It's like a, it's kind of like a watching a cobra do its dance, mm. just coiled up and releasing. Oh, it's just nice to watch. Spitting in your eye. And then on the flip side of the coin, what about the Chopes Armageddon swell that just pretty much set another benchmark in big wave fucking cone offery that was just. Too good to refuse. I think we just got to get into the show, Smithy. Let's get into You're it. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's talk about it. Yeah! are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns, finger buns. Feed your face in your finger buns. Ah, you know what that is, Vaughn? That is the sound of another Brazilian storm about to land on our fucking heads. Sounds ominous. 
Button down the hatches, my friend. It is looking miserable out there. <laughs> I mean, uh, a quick look at the synoptic chart and I see a serious fucking onion with the name Matthias Hurdy written on it, forming in the south, coming from competitive obscurity to make the semis a barra. Ah, this looks Amazing. like a, a good chance of forming of the current polar vortex being created by Gabriel Medina, reigning world champ and gold medalist Italo Ferreira, and the reformed baby formula addict, Philippe Toledo. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for the Vortex Shaman narrowly edging out silver in the final, it would have been a clean sweep for the Brazilians on tour this year. They would have won every single stinking event, and that Vaughn would have been a disgrace. Oh, well, I feel like I'm George Clooney, you're Marky Mark. We're in that little fishing boat. We're just fucking sailing vertical 90 degrees up the fucking big one, and the Brazilian storm is just looking down on us like the little cork in the sea that we are. Mm. Storm. Storm, Matthias. Mm. What about his dismantling of uh, uh, who was that in that uh, semi with the bit? Sorry, the quarter with the big fin throw to, to Fakey. Was that Gabby? Uh, Italo, think, sorry, yeah, Italo. Italo. Oh, Gabby just. got stunned by David Silver. It was a bloody locust feasting on the carcass. Well, speaking the, of the, the remaining storm, carcass David, of World Tour, David Silver, like man, he was whacking it. <laughs> who never heard of the man? He was an absolute uh, non-event up until. This event, wild. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's just looking very ominous. And, I mean, of course, the Vortex Shaman taking the event out, restoring us to a bit of our former glory, mm. only to have the Brazilian Storm cheering him up the beach. <laughs> Leonardo Dora and, his, uh, and a couple of other uh, compadres yeah, there. Yeah, was there too. Was I he? mean, what's going on? I hope that they don't get any ideas in your head, Brazilian Storm. Mm. I know he's got a Brazilian missus. Robbo, mm. uh, what's next? Chair it up the beach. Brazilian misses. Uh, well, he's, I mean, he's won one game of barely clothed fresh gold bats from changing <laughs> allegiances from a Brazilian oh, passport. Man, it's heavy, isn't it? I think that, and Robbo doesn't mind going down the conspiracy wormholes as well, mate. He's mm. uh, anti 5G. I'm pretty mm. sure the jab wouldn't be on his uh, mm. you know, immediate radar anytime soon. Uh, and I know that the uh, uneven. Human chairlift up the beach is gaining momentum as a, a goat spiracy. So maybe he was just like, you know, he saw the domination of the Brazilians. He saw how even that their human chairlift was, and he went, "Nah, I'll just have a piece of that. I don't want to mess with any of these so-called goat spiracies with their eleven-degree angles. Put me off me game." Mm, mm, That's mm. how I feel about it, Smith. No, no, it's highly likely. I think it's all possible in this wild realm that we're existing at the moment. Um, incredible performance by the Throbo, though. Uh, but I mean, just just before we get to that, I want to call uh, I want to call conspiracy on this form. I see uh, there's whiffs of a conspiracy uh, in, in regards with the way the Brazilian Storm were performing. Some of the top dogs appeared potentially to be throwing heat to keep their countrymen on tour. What is it possible? No. I mean, I'm, I'm watching Medina deliberately fluff an end section air rev that he'd nail after a packet of pharmaceutical Nemodu. Skull drag cocktail of works. The guy, the guy, would be eating a eating a bar of Xanax, drinking an Emoto skull drag, and still nailing just, one of those end section air reverses. And yet there he is melting, you know, with a, a regulation maneuver. I just don't know. And then what do we see from that? David Silver going through uh, to the next round and and sealing his spot onto a beating the cut. Mm. Conspiracy? I want a Royal Commission, Vaughn. Mm, yeah, there needs or to be... Or Kingy on the stand. There needs to be an investigation. We need to send the crew over. Who would who would helm an investigation into surf crime? 
conspiracies of this nature? Who would we send over? Who'd get to the bottom of it? Oh, Who's well, our Columbo, man? Who's our Columbo? Oh, I mean, uh, Kong, perhaps? Gary Elkin? <laughs> Mate, Gary Elkin on the waterboard? Yeah, possibly, possibly. We I'll know he it. loses his head. He's our bad cop then, and I think as a good cop, probably this maybe uh, someone with the kind of high intelligence, the bespectacled former WSL commissioner, Kieran Perro. Oh, I like oh, it. sinister. Yeah. Just, you know, head fuckery. And he's just got that. He's 48 got that hours of torture for Medina. Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't lose a minute's sleep putting Medina, you know, uh, bamboo shoots up Medina's fingernails. Not a minute's sleep. Perro wouldn't blink, mate. He wouldn't fucking blink. So I don't know what's going on, Vaughn, but... uh, but, uh, Jaddy, did Jaddy get back on? I think he might have. I think he might have. Yeah, I think he just scraped in. I think he got in. That uh, backside body contortion coiled up cobra snake of a vert windscreen wiper Rio in one of those, I think it was the... Oh, I don't know. remember what round it was. It was one of the most mm. strange backside fucking vert hits I've ever seen. I mean, surfing's in a weird place at the moment, mm. but I like it. Pretty amazing if, if Jaddy did get back on. One other thing that we've got to uh, make mention of here, Smitty. You know, we spent a lot of our time over the past 20 years heaping shit on Adriano D'Souza, but hasn't he turned into just the working class hero in his, in his later years? You know, he was the butterfly wings in the – the butterfly effect that created the Brazilian storm. He flapped his tiny little menjero wings and fucking 10 years later, there's the Brazilian storm wiping out surfing, just carving a path through it like nobody even existed. And uh, it was some magic scenes over there in Mexico when he was surfing his last heat. Every single Brazilian on the beach cheering every turn. Man, oh man, it was just, it was well-deserved and I doff the cap, Smithy. I doff the cap to Susie. Up to Susie. Well done, mate. World champion, pipeline master, uh, Bell's Beach. He did it all. Mm, well mm, earned. Mm, well, well earned. Innings, well earned. He will be retiring to a grandiose tin shack on the top of that favela mm. somewhere in Rio, Rio Barra de Tawuka. Exactly. What, what, what's your takeaway on Susie's life and career now that you, you can look at it in retrospect? Because how did he sit with you in those early years when he was just. Up the inside, fighting for every inch, not letting anyone have a sniff. Did he Did he sit well with you or was it kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, eating like an off prawn in mm. those early years? I can always get behind a battle of horn, especially, you know, one that's blazing a trail uh, through the world tour ranks. You know, one of the – I mean, I guess he was, uh, yeah, as you said, the on the very vanguard of the Brazilian mm. storm – uh, a world junior champion, uh, you know, you kind of heard the whispers of this competitive Wunderkind mm. coming up through the ranks, and then there he was. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, he was kind of on that same pegging as, uh, was it Pablo Paulino? They were the two kind of mm. Brazilian juniors, but Pablo, I don't know, he faded into obscurity. D'Souza went the extra mile, uh, and yeah, I mean, he, he did so well, uh, Obviously pipped by Medina for that that first Brazilian world title, but you know there would have been no Medina without D'Souza. You nah. can say that for sure. Uh, on, on a personality kind of uh, perspective, bit of a difficult one to cop at times. Oh man, even in the twilight of his career, I can remember being at J Bay, uh, watching you know the event take place over four or five mm. or fucking two weeks, whatever mm. it was. It was dragged out. Um, in which time the pro surfers, the, t- the, top, the top rungs of the tour, had the run of the joint, men and women, and then the, the event ends. And D'Souza's out there, 
and he's fading the only talented sponsored black kid in the whole lineup, oh, young, no. young Dylan from the township. You know, I can get behind a battler, but I can't get behind a battler who sinks the boot in to a fellow battler. <laughs> that is a disgrace. And that left a real bad taste in my mouth, a bit of lemon, a bit of off-prawn, if you will, Vaughn. Um, so, yeah, lost some points, really lost some points. There were, in those years when he used to just refer to me as Stab. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Obrigado. Obrigado. Mu- mucho obrigado, Susie. Well played. Doff of the cap to you. That is Vaughn. I do. That is the sound of Australian surfing shitting itself. Uh, there is something cooking in the tidy whities of the Surfing Astra- Australia administration, <laughs> and I, for one, don't like the smell of it, Vaughn. Uh, what happened to us, man? We used to be good at this shit, man. I mean, uh, we got a couple wins in Barra, but uh, especially on the men's side of the draw, it was an absolute bloodbath. It was a clean out. Holy moly, the broom came through and just flicked us off the front steps, down the stairs and into the yard. And a couple of stray dogs came up and fucking ate us and shat us out. They're calling us like kangaroos on a blueberry plantation. Oh, fucking hectic, mate. What a, this it's, is, it's a huge clean out. Who did we lose? Australia lost. Oh. It, it was a, the, the big O. Was it our blackest day? Darkest day. Darkest day. Mm-hmm. That's what they're calling it. That was the headline on the Australian, I believe, the weekend Australian front page. Forget about COVID. Yeah. In Australia, it was all about the darkest day Mm. in Australian surfing history. The big O, the Olympic hero, the bronze medalist, the battler's battler, the cone fiend, core lord, kingpin, helmet. Gone, Vaughn. Gone. Cut. Cut. Buried. Never to be seen again. Well, maybe not that extreme. You'll be at the Challenger Series at Snapper, but still. <laughs> no respect. Uh, wacko, Jacko, Freestone, gone. Wow. Gone, Vaughn. Freestone, gone. O'Leary, Zebra. That's, uh, ain't that Swell's very own. Connor O'Leary, gone. <sighs> gone back. Banished. Wow. The Surgeon, Ace Bucking, gone. 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 No chance of the Challenger Series for Ace, or what are you calling there? Oh, I mean, uh, as long as they have a couple of... Kind of one stars in the vicinity of Avoca Beach, maybe Pacific Palms. He'll turn mm. out there, but I, th- I think no, he's no, going. I think he'd. I think he'd make the journey. He's got a sharp up. eye on the Pep Eleven going on on mm. the East Coast. That's still simmering away while under the cover of COVID distraction. You know, uh, the, the the national and state governments selling off all our fucking pristine coastline mm. right under our noses, hiding in plain sight, Smithy. Uh, I reckon Ace might turn his attention to that sort of thing. Mm. And mm. good, mm. good, we need him mm. running for Parliament, political office, Why perhaps. Not? Ace bucking for PM. The state's got a good ring to it. Oh, I love it. The surgeon, the psycho killer. Get him up there with the scalpel just gutting that hey, fat hey, neck of hey. Gina Reinhardt, eh? <laughs> hey, hey, get the poison out. Uh, get back on protection, you mark. But it uh, doesn't stop there, Vaughn. No, no. They even got rid of the Gosford Grug, Vaughn. The evoker Jesus shall not walk on world to a water any longer. No. Sacrilege. No respect. This is heavy. It's like a swelling fucking flushing going on here. All our spirit animals. Yep. Erased. No respect for the swelling army, for the spirit animals, for the core lords, for the blue collar, kingpin, conefiend, hellmen, degenerates. Mm. Nothing. Uh, Why? Why, Vaughn? This this is in addition to Julian Wilson gone. Uh, Mick Wright, the mullet-headed madman gone. gone. How many did we lose in this this, uh, last Mexican event? Thought we were all heading over there to... 
to bring it home. And uh, we've actually just, like you said, let go of the fucking balloon knot mm. and just let a good old trail of geez, incontinence just <laughs> dribble down the back of our legs. Incontinence spread all across this vast surfing continent, Vaughn. You, you make a, a good shame. point, Smivy, at the start. I mean, what's going on? Because the two guys who have, dom- oh, you know, our, our two best performers this year uh, are two guys who didn't really come through the system in terms of uh, the HPC, Surfing Australia. I mean, Morgs is a big product of board riders clubs and, and the junior series, but was never really earmarked or sucked into that sort of elite level training and uh, that sort of thing. And then Robbo, I mean... Well, he's an esoteric charmer. Yeah, he basically grew he up. Cannot, in, cannot package someone into some kind of bureaucratic serving. Yeah, no, he grew up in a. He's, uh, he's, he lives in the ether. He, he grew up in, a, in, a, in an ether pyramid, tapping into the, the universe and all sorts of other fucking astral energy portals. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's strange, mate. Like, well, look, where's it going, can, 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 I want a royal commission. Get Scomo on the program. Let's take some of the funding from Surfing Australia and put it into a fact-finding mission. Mm. We'll get Kong and KP on the next plane to Mexico I like it. and start cracking I like skulls. It. I want answers. Look, I thought B. Derbage was bringing some real good mongrel to the Olympics. He mm. looked like the guy we needed. He looked like the guy who was the fuel. Lighten up. Well, I think, he's, I think he's got to be a part of this fact-finding mission because if there's one man who's destined to restore Australian surfing to its former glory, it's Ethan. <laughs> I mean, uh, he was just, he to me, seemed unbeatable in the Barrett event. You know, I think in one of his first heats, he had uh, one of the, the highest uh, heat totals of the entire contest, mm. uh, putting up 17s or something, a 9 and an 8. He's, he's Fanning, he's Parkinson, he's Curran, mm. rolled into one just maestro of rail shamanism. Mm. And yet, knocked by Gabriel Medina. I mean, you know, as good as he can be with that purest, mm. just delightful, easy on the eye surfing, when you're up against a cybernetic organism sent back in time mm. to win the world tour mm. and assassinate John Connor, mm. it's going to be difficult. Gabriel Medina, I mean, he's not even from this realm. Oh, man, I just, he I, can't even be human. Well, I agree, I agree. He can't I, cry. You can't. You can't see. But I never thought that Gabby looked on in that event. Thought every even his heats where he was blasting, it just looked like he didn't surf anything like with the uh, sort of intent of David Silver. David Silver was surfing with a hundred percent. I have to disagree. I, have to I, disagree. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I thought Gabby. The, the looked Ewing a bit heat off. was rough. I, you know, we, we we saw Ewing open up. And we're like, oh, here we go. Mm. Finally, these 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 cyborgs going to rust away in this subtropical Mexican climate. Yep. Melted. His skin's going to melt back. From this searing rail game, we're going to see him for the cybernetic organism that he is. Yep. Oh, how wrong I was. Next minute, he is just dutting it like there is no duts, Morrow Vaughan. Mm. It was well, that, vicious. That was a good Vicious. Hate, but I just Robotic, laser-guided. I, I don't know, man. And, 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 Something there, about there, was there was a clear gap. Wasn't speaking to me. Wasn't speaking to me in that event. There was, a, same, there was an undeniable gap between the, the, the fluency and the, the, the perfect, just unimaginable technique of Ewing and just this savagery, this cybernetic savagery is all yeah. I can call it, Vaughn. 
Well, he did the job on on ETH, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know, man. I thought the other heats were unconvincing. I thought the rodeo was just gross. Was well, it Gorkin feeling it? A Gorkin feeling it? Yeah, Gorkin. Well, sorry, Gorkin. But I mean, you respect to the Cormican. I liked it, but I didn't love it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, for mine, I, I, I loved it. I, I thought it, you know, was, it wasn't a huge manoeuvre, but he fucking rung off another six cybernetic savage mm. turns afterwards. It was mm. part of a, a repertoire, it's just, a point break clinic. I, I just, I'll, just felt, I'll just chuck a lazy little gawk in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. I, I agree. I think, I think, you know, the reason why Robbo got the nod over David was because of that exactly, like bringing some uh, variety in and throwing a few different – Question marks at the judges instead of just relying on the one turn and just bah, bah, bah. I mean, agreed. You, know, you, can't, you can't just keep on. No, you can't just it. keep flogging a so dead thought, horse like that. I thought horn. that Gabe. I thought that Gabe just didn't put a big old stamp on this one. Mm. And I don't know if it matters in the long run, but uh, you know, without Chopes now, it's it, maybe it doesn't. Everyone's it's just all eyes zooming in on uh, trestles. But yeah, man, I saw I saw something there that it just. Worried me a bit. Conspiracy, I'm calling for. I mean, okay, I mentioned it. Conspiracy. There, there was an end section uh, full rotation, not a, like not a full full rotation air mm. rev, but on a you know fairly regulation two foot inside yeah. closeout. Botched it. Botched I'm calling conspiracy. Conspiracy. Medina, but uh, uh, Australia down the tubes. I mean, women surfing in Australia has never been stronger. We love it. We've got the sh- the uh, fem goat. Uh, Steph Gilmore now locked in for a shot at eighth world title. That's official. Give her a sniff, mate. Just give her a little fucking sniff. That's she gets a whiff of that title. Just look out, Femgate could turn into a fucking raging little Rambo, <laughs> running from the back gate straight through everyone's legs. You know, <laughs> straight underneath Sally. Carissa, Taddy, just knocking them left, right, and center, and just Terry Richardson it. elbows, Martin Potter board jabs, bit of Terry Barlam, just knocking them left, right, and center. Yeah, uh, mate, I think uh, that's uh, good to see. And Sally Fitz, do we dare dream? Do we dare? Do oh, we dare dream? I don't know, Vaughn. No, do we dare? That's what I'm asking you. Oh. I'm not actually just saying that as like one of those cheap throwaway sporting cliches. I'm desperately asking mm, everyone: mm. Well, look, Do we dare dream? Because I've, if we do dare. We open the door to a world of pain, Smith. That's right. That's right. Put it this way. I've got Sally Fitzgibbon's head stuck to my dream catcher. Uh, there's seven of them dangling around the room. I'm sucking in all the cosmic juju I possibly can, but uh, I'm letting those dreams come into my subconscious form because I don't want to tempt fate by uh, you know consciously going there. I, I, it would be disrespectful to our Sal. I've filled my goldfish bar with Irukanji and I am just... I've loaded it up. I've chucked a toaster in. I'm just trying to get those things as charged as possible for the big sting in these finals. She's and, still uh, feeling the sting. Sting is a winner. Oh, she, did she see that? Oh, she's yeah. stinging away over there in Mexico. She, I, I noticed she, she now follows the swellings on Instagram. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but it means something. It's not nothing. Oh, mate. I'm but, so... Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're looking good. We're looking good in the women's, uh, the women's showdown at Trestles, I think. Steph Gilmore, I mean, look, on a day, like, they're going to get quality waves at trestles. We've rinsed it a little bit, but, uh, you know, from what I understand, it only takes a day to run and they've got a 10-day waiting period mm. or something like that. So we're going to get something in that that four- to six-foot dreamy A-frame yeah. scenario. And Steph Gilmore on some long-period Californian energy, just horseshoeing around the trestles cobbles. Ha! Give me a break. Tell your story, walking women. She is going to reign supreme. 
Uh, but, you know, I think for just the heart says Sal, mm. our Sal. I'll tell you why the heart says Sal, and, and we don't see it very often, but it has happened in surfing. Uh, I think back to Oki's world title is probably the most uh, monumental one, closely followed by Parco's world title. But I'm talking about the Mighty Ducks moment, mm. the, 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 the sporting moments that they end up making – they end up Whack. making Disney Whack. movies out of. And we haven't had one in surfing for a while, man. And I just think there's no greater Disney movie than Sally Fitzgibbons. Oh, dude, please cue the, cue the maudlin uplifting Disney music right now. I'm feeling it, Vaughn. There goes our Sal. Except for one thing, Smithy. If there's a more compelling underdog Disney movie moment, than Sally Fitzgibbons, it's Morgan winning the men's. Oh. So don't tell me she's ever going to come second to the Disney movie. No, Sally. Uh, just quickly to a massive shout out to Malia Manuel uh, making the final. This was one of the great performances I've seen in a surfing contest. She had her entire world to a future mm. on the line. She needed to win the event. To keep her spot on tour, uh, her semi-final, I think, with Sal Fitz was fucked up. They were just going blow for blow, wave for wave from start to finish. The the uh, the lead must have changed a dozen mm. times. Uh, Malia pipped her, just surfing under that much pressure and uh, just not wilting at all, pushing the femgoat mm. right to the limit. And I uh, didn't get the nod from the judges and, you know, hard to argue with that, but uh, really sad to see, you know, it was such an incredible performance. I was riding it the whole way. It's just, uh, it, it gets back to that surf god, that same one that, you mm. know, Gabby and uh, Idolo and Felipe uh, in particular. Burning the incense, you know, they, they get the down offerings, on there. They, few they, they come in from another victory. They thank that surf god and... Mm. You know, the very same surf god, Smithy, is the guy who crushes people like Malia and Sally. Mm. I mean, Sally's had big wins, big moments. Malia's been on tour for de- a decade and still hasn't mm. cracked that win, and she's gone so close, and she surfs good enough to get it. So I don't know what surf god is thinking. Pull your fucking head in, cunt. Mmm. Mmm. Corn. Mmm. You know what that is, Vaughn? Oh, someone's got a sparkling fucking Mr. Sheen shine on that balloon knot, that beautiful little corn kernel. That is the sound of Smivy eating a warm bowl of his own corn-pocked verbal diarrhea. Should Morgborg, the swelling spirit animal, and the fem goat, or ourselves for that matter, do the unthinkable and win the world title at Trestles, Vaughn? I would happily chow down on a bowl of my own butt fudge if it meant restoring Straya to its former <laughs> surfing glory. Khan Morgs, serve Smithy up a bowl of his own shite. Do it, Morg Borg. Do it, Steph. Oh, man, it's, it's too exciting to think about, isn't it? It's like it, it, it seems impossible. You look at the, you, the names above, yeah, not so much on the women's side. I think the women's side is, is a much more even affair and uh, it's five or six heats. I think that's all you've got to surf. And you'd put it in that way, and if I was like a coach, uh, if I was Bottle, and I was talking to Morgs, I'd be like, mate, five heats, you're world champion. Just surf every single one of them like your fucking life depends on it. And he could do it. He could do it. He's made finals. He's beaten all these guys. Medina's his uh, Achilles heel, if you will. But I just feel like for Morgs, it's not even Achilles heel. I don't think he seems rattled. He just hasn't had the opportunity to fucking really tee off. And if he gets the waves, you know he will give it a crack, Smithy. Five heats, man. Five heats between Morgan Siblick, our Morgs, 
and a world championship. Oh, absolutely. How does that make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel patriotic, nationalistic. It makes me want to just get my Australian flag out and go straight to Cronulla. <laughs> oh, or Newcastle or Yamba. Mm. It's going to be it's, – it's hard to comprehend what this country will do if Morgan Siblick is world champion. Oh, remarkable. Stamps? Stamps at least. Uh, I'd say uh, an image. If we get the two Aussies world champs, uh, maybe Sal, Steph or Morgs, I think they should be beamed onto the Harbour Bridge. Andrew Johns uh, or, or Rugby League Immortal style, they always do that when uh, you know someone gets welcomed into the Club of Immortals. But uh, what else? What else can we I do love to the celebrate? Yep, yep. This great underdog story. I'd love to see uh, Morgs clasping two six-packs of VB uh, immortalised, basically uh, in that pose as he was chaired onto our live show in Newcastle there, covered in his own dribble. I'd love to see that outside on the, the Opera Cambo. House. A jo- on, well, just outside the well, on the Opera House, I think. I mean, let's go larger, Vaughn. He's an Australian <laughs> sporting hero. If he can win the world title, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, trusting the future of Australian competitive surfing, um, you know, to rest in the hands of a guy I watched chaired onto the stage uh, in Newcastle, having not yet surfed a world to a heat covered in his own dribble, mm. clasping six packs of beer, beer. I mean, I must admit it, it didn't occur to me at the time, but why not? I think that we need Australia. <clears throat> we need all Australians and, all, and not just Australians, all underdogs and battlers globally. To get in behind Morgs. Get in behind. Mm. Let's celebrate this little nugget. Let's get this little beer swilling bogan to world number one. Mm. Come on, Swillians. Khan Morgs. Khan Morgs. Hashtag. I don't know what the what, what's the what's the the Morgan sound effect or uh, dance? Is it a? I mean, I don't know what's the sound of someone vomiting up their own bile. You know that that foamy beer froth after mm. a bender. Oh, yeah. Khan Morgs! We got a song in the works here, Smithy. We got one coming. Yes, Vaughn. All eyes on trestles and Morgs. Khan Morgs. His run to glory looks like this. Connor Coffin first up. Piece of piece. Santa Barbara and Southcock. He's got him covered. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Get back on protection, you mark. Take your current rail game and jam it. We've got the Morgs, Borgs, savagery, throwing tomahawks at the wall. Just on hey, Connor, hey, hey. Connor Coffin, though, uh, just, just as a little sidebar to our uh, pure Australian froth, get right behind the Morgs and everyone else can eat a fucking giant. <laughs> just on Connor, I think a big congratulations to the mm. Californian. Get... At the start of year, you would have said, well, it's Kolohe and John John who will be flying that flag. Connor Coffin, I don't know if I would have put him in the mix, but he's done a fucking great job. No, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, love the, love, love the Coffin master. I've uh, mm. known him since he was, I don't know, 15, went on a boat trip to Epic the Tellos dude. with him, classic guy. And right from the get-go, it was like his, his rail game was so mature. Uh, Jack Rowe was on that trip, Kyle Abelli. Uh, Ian Gentle, and he was just in another realm. The mm. maturity, the power, the precision of his rail game, it was like fucked up. It was like you were watching uh, a full-grown man at world to a level even then. You know, mm. it was quite bizarre. Uh, you know, raised on the, the points at Rincon there and just like a, a, in every way, shape and form, a protege of Tom Curran. Yeah. Uh, he's modelled his surfing and career on him. And I, I want to pay tribute to just some of the things that he's done. Like there's there's a few sessions at J-Bay, uh, a breakout session. Highline. Uh, the, oh, that Highline beautiful, film? incredible. Beautiful surfing. I think it was on the cover of Surfer magazine when that was still around. And 
Just a fucking flawless exponent of just low center of gravity power surfing, man. A beautiful mm. surfer. Um, doesn't always float everyone's boat, but I kind of understand that in the in this age of the Brazilian storm, you know, uh, it's like fashion. You, you just you, you, some like what's really appreciated and loved in one generation can so often get overlooked in another. And Connor's a bit of a victim of that because he might not have that you know huge air game that electrifies crowds on the beach, but. To a purist, man, if you, if you love seeing someone just drive with high speed and take the rail from, you know, the very lip of a wave right back into the pit and then just come out straight into the next front side Rio, like, fuck, there's nothing better. And his backside, <laughs> it's a fucking work of art as well, man. He's got so much sting on his backside, power attack, full props to Connor and a worthy, a worthy fucking contender for the uh, stars mm, and bars. Mm, mm, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's almost like comparing apples and oranges, isn't it? Taking someone like Idolo and Toledo and the kind of surfing they're going to be doing at Trestles and putting it up against Morgs and Conor Coffin, who are, you know, they're very much from the other end of the spectrum. Mm. They, they won't be doing aerials. There'll be no aerial manoeuvres. Uh, it's n- not in their wheelhouse. It's, it's strange that surfing's arrived at this place. Um, I mean, I don't know. How, how do we... How do we kind of even out the ledger here so we, we get a good read on, on a way to kind of measure, you know, traditional classic lines and power surfing against the, the new school trickery? I mean, perhaps is it, is it something like, a, you know, fitting Strider out with, a, with a, a, a vest made of beakers or something to catch the spray and get him doing something <laughs> productive in the lineup? I don't know. How do we measure raw power versus high-performance trickery, Vaughn? Is there some metric we can use to gauge... The, uh, the, the, the power, it, it's quite hard to gauge. You know, it's, it's generally kind of gone off the amount of spray displaced, yeah. I guess. Yeah, no, you're absolutely but right. We need some kind of metric. I don't know if it's a bucket or a beaker. Man, you know what? This is the great, the great thing about surf. It's the, it's the great thing and the most frustrating thing is that it's all about feel, isn't it? It, it's, it sounds ridiculous when you say it like that, but mm. you just you can feel – Who's doing the better surfing, especially if you're on the beach? So you, you mean some kind of – maybe the judges could break with uh, tradition and, and perform some kind of Tibetan seeing exactly eye meditation as they're watching yep. the surfing. Yep. So they just they, – they quieten Is down it, the head noise. Bang on. And they're just going from the heart yep. chakra yep. and feeling it. Yeah, and they all just like hold it. their crystals. And if they like the ride, they, they hold the crystal to the air <laughs> and a little glow comes off it and, and everyone says, yes, okay, yep, that one got some glow out of the judge's crystals. I'm glad we got oh, to the I bottom of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's as scientific as you can really get. I mean, it's, well, just, it's, just, it's no less ridiculous than putting numbers on a fucking page judging someone's <laughs> ride from start to finish. Hey. Please. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, this is just to continue Sorry, more yeah. to run. Connor so, Coffin, Connor he's, Coffin he's gone. Then, then Toledo, then Italo, then <laughs> Medina. Easy. <laughs> Easy. I mean, uh, and Medina, the final boss, uh, the final boss. I, I mean, I'm kind of picturing him uh, in some kind of medieval Moroccan lounge at trestles wearing linen pants, limbering up with his legs behind his head while a bunch of beautiful women feed him peeled grapes as the rest of the top five Gum, earn the right to match up against him in the final. Uh, kind of Bruce Lee in a game of death kind of vibe. Uh, blood sport, Rocky. I mean, uh, well, mm. by Jingo, they've done it at the Wazzle. Uh, you know, Street Fighter meets pro surfing. I was just about to say, mate. Did, did you ever play it. Double Dragon when you were a kid? Oh, of course. Well, the secret move was the, uh, the look away elbow back over your shoulder. You could kill anyone. And when you got to the big boss at the end of the game, didn't matter how many fucking fly kicks he did or twirly whirlies or, you know, slide kicks. You just 
turned your back on him and in every approach you just went fucking crack and just elbowed him <laughs> over your shoulder and mate, you could win every time. It was the move. And if I think about Morgs, if he just goes to that rail game and just punches it in the pocket, mate, it's as good as. You can see. It's as good as done. By the time he gets to the final boss mid anyway, you can just see him, you know. He, his, his contest jersey will be ripped. He'll be covered in blood and sweat. He'll have a black eye a la yeah. Rocky. Yeah. And, you know, they'll Getting be, off the canvas. Toledo will have. Knocked down, knocked down, that's knocked right. down. Still getting up. They'll be the punishment. There'll be chunks, like mouth chunks, missing from his rail where Toledo's, <laughs> you know, lost it in a frenzy of rage and just started biting, biting chunks of epoxy gone. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you can, just this weathered Rambo-type yeah. figure, this Aussie battler in his green and gold, yeah. just, just skull-crushing cans on the way through, shotgunning. Yeah, and bottles of age, bottles of age. shrunk down into a tiny little ancient old withered little man, and he's there going, you got to get speed, demon speed. Speed's what we need. We need... Greasy, fast speed. And Medina, meanwhile, just sin with castor oil. He's just a, a perfectly yeah. devious, deceitful, Drago. manipulative, just pure brown, oiled up specimen. Takes his linen pants off, puts the rip curl wetsuit on, unsheaths Excalibur, <laughs> and just goes to battle with the battler. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm salivating. You're born. making it sound exciting. Definitely are. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Chopes goes mondo. Oh, wait a minute. Death. Tangent. We're just leaving the WSL there. See you later. Because no Rashi can fucking <laughs> compete with what went down in the fucking Pacific over the last three days, Smithy. Holy shit. I was watching it play out sort of uh, on little tidbits that were dropping all over social media, Smithy. And nothing didn't make me want to spew in my own mouth. Nothing. It just looked so terrifying, so huge, so thick. Is it the biggest Chapes ever surfed? Like, have we, have we got the uh, the official sort of tick from Raymana or Matahai or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, any of the other le- – uh, uh, Cowley Vost, Cowley yeah, Vost? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can tell you uh, – I think they sent Nicholas Porcella out there with a tape measure <laughs> just to uh, try and gauge it, you know, just – I mean, because he's not going to make one. No. So they thought, you know, at least, you know, we'll, we'll let you have a bomb, but you've got to measure it. Mm. So he got his uh, Mitre 10 uh, tape out and, yeah, can confirm. Biggest chopes ever. I mean, Coley Vast, literally – Rode a tsunami. Yeah. Uh, the wave washed up on the beach and washed away a bunch of beach sharks Boy. after he rode that thing. <laughs> and uh, just the craziest footage you'll ever see. I mean, nearly got burned by another ski on the wave. Uh, incredible scenes. Packed it, got lit up on the end section, head first over the falls in a hundred foot slab of death. All that protected his promising young life from mortal peril. A few millimetres of, you guessed it, precious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh. And it has to be said, it was just uh, so good to see every single surfer out there donning the gaff. It was the lifeline, mate. Mm. I don't know if you could actually let go of any rope, not without that precious three millimetres of... Of head plastic. No, no. Skull plastic. That's right. Cranium uh, fucking plastic. Whether it's Reef McIntosh's jet ski coming over the falls, a hundred foot of lip, a head of coral, you know that that few millimetres of plastic's going to do the job, mm-hmm. Vaughn, mm-hmm. because it's... Yeah. Uh, Takeaways, Smithy. 
Oh, oh quick shout out to uh, Vaheen Fierro, the uh, female Tahitian tube piget. Yeah. Tube so. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what calling up at the the egg jam. She's whipping around the lineup. Has crew paddling for the shoulder. Put it that way, Vaughn. Yeah, uh, I'll say that much. Absolute lunatic. Uh, she fucking paddled like I think on the the come up of the swell. Paddled like an eight footer. Mm. Paddling an eight footer. No, I saw it. It's absolutely. It was, wild. It was uh, brutal. And, uh, Justine, uh, Justine Dupont. Justine Dupont. Swillian Queen. Justine wow. Dupont. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean. Rode some skits waves over there. Cone monster extraordinary. Wow. The caviar, the egg jam. You could smell it from puppy 80. <laughs> Whiffy. I think I'm getting whiffs with here. She is a mad woman. Mm. Mm. So, but then, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Carly Vast, uh, Matahai again. Matahai Trollay. He's just a fucking freak, mate. The uh, MVP of the swell he's they're calling. He's just so gnarly. So gnarly. Heir to the Drollay. Nathan Florence Legacy. Packing it, just doing proud for the uh, Florence and the Machine brand mm. and uh, his OnlyFans thing that we talk about later in the episode. But, mm. wow, mate, there was some heroic shit going down over there. Heroic. Absolutely amazing. Psycho. And I, I guess uh, just back to the women quickly, yeah, the, the age of the female slab fiend, we've been predicting it for quite some time here on the program and mm. it is well and truly upon us, Fawn. Bronnie McCauley, Talia Redguard, Faheen Ferro. Justine Dupont, Dupont, mm, Dupont, Et Dupont. But uh, I mean, any other takeaways? What? Just the uh, fuck. Just the. I don't know. What, what do we make well, of the swell my, of that magnitude? My biggest takeaway was just. I, I remember when all Tahitian crew. Do you remember too? the big Jaws paddle session a few years ago with uh, Dorian and Mark? It, it sort of set was a this new the, benchmark. Not not the one where Twiggy packed the the cone to end all. I think cones. so. Yeah, that I one. I think that was the, that was in the event. Was this the this, gold? This was the free surf the, that, that was going event. down. But, but Matt it, Matthews dislocated. I, I felt like that was. I felt like that was like the the limit. For me, with big wave surfing, I was going, it just can't keep shocking you. It can't. Mm. It's just, there's not, the ocean just can't keep getting bigger. Like, there's got to be a limit at some point to what the size of a wave that the ocean can generate. And then that outer reef stuff at the North Shore happened and John John dropped that clip and I was like, fuck, this is like, this is like just classic small wave surfing in in mm. waves of mortal, really? mortal conequence. And now uh, I'm just looking at this and I just... Every single image, every single wave ridden blew my fucking head off. Like blew my head off. I was going, how can this still be going on? That there's still bigger waves to be surfed and surfed better. It's a fucking mind melter, mate. Mm, mm. Like I've, just, I've got brain dribbling out my nose. Seriously, that one that uh, Coley Toad, obviously the biggest um, – it'd have to be fucking – has to be. It's that and Nathan Fletcher, I guess, is the, the most fucked up slabs of death ever – Whipped out there, but also the one he paddled. He paddled a couple on the come up of the store that same mm. day Vaheen got her one. And they were just fucking, like, I just can't fathom the the moxie, the mm. uh, fig jam required mm. to put yourself under a ledge of that thickness. What that looks like when it's coming towards you, how you get... To a, a place in life where you're comfortable in those kinds of conditions. I mean, I've said similar things about watching the lads do it at Toomey's uh, up there in uh, the Northwest Australian desert, but it, it defies logic for an average oh, surfer. It, it's another realm of bravado and courage. And, mm. uh, and I you, mean, you got to you got to put yourself you got to put yourself there to really appreciate it. Like you, 
you, you see that stuff and we're so – we're getting bombarded with it because every time there's a big swell, it's just – it's all everywhere. But to actually put yourself there and the power – and like you said, man, that wave, like wiping fucking beach shacks away, like sweeping up through the town and, and just inundating people's fucking bedrooms and lounge rooms and stuff. Like this is proper psychotic shit. Mm. And they're fucking stepping up to surf it. Men, <clears throat> women – Children, <laughs> fucking ancient old crew and yeah, Raymond fossils in fucking wheelchairs. Who's out there next? How old's Raymond? He must be 170. He fucking looks 32. Man, though. He, he came straight from the goat pool and just towed straight into one. Like, what a fucking legend, man. One of my observations from going to Tahiti, that Chopes, the one time I went there, 2010, it was a, a pretty pitiful contest. AI won it in, you know, four foot uh, waves, but there was one. Proper wave that came through the entire event, like mm. one kind of six footer, say. Pro, yeah, I'm going to just call it six foot. It was in Dane Reynolds' heat, and uh, it broke on a whole different part of the ledge, and it just had this effect of you got to see the plug hole effect, mm. the, the the famous Chopes plug hole being pulled, yeah. and it's unlike. Any wave on earth. No. It, it, there's no way, like there's maybe one I know on the south coast um, that's a bit reminiscent, but not at this scale. No. And just to get a taste of it, I'm glad I got to see that that one little glimpse of it. And to think like what Ka- Coley's paddling is like at least, you know, four to five times the volume of water mm. in that, four to five times the level of fear, four to five times the level, the conserve, the fig jam, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Remarkable. Yeah, man. An amazing day of surfing and every single human who was out there fucking giving it a crack is mm. just a weapon. Just quickly to one of the, the real downers of, uh, of this COVID period. We're not seeing any action out of Fiji. Cloud break. Mm. I mean, it's been some monstro south swells. That have hit, uh, you know, the south coast of Sydney, Sydney, uh, you know, all the way up here, and mm. you, you know that they're oh, traveling. Yeah, they track up, they track they up the up shoot. 19, 20 seconds by the time they get up to cloud break, there would have been some fucking, you know, twenty twelve esque, mm. twenty foot fucking cones out there. So it's a real shame. Is there not some way we can, uh, you know, rent out a cave for the core lords over there? Um, mm. You know, just clear out the sea snakes, get him in there. Cole Christensen, I don't know what Cole's up to on his avocado farm, dosing, no doubt. But, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, beat the drum, Vaughn. Yeah. Beat the, the core lord drum. Shine shine that image in the sky. Let's get them all back in Fiji, putting on a spread for oh, the boys. Man, yeah, I agree. And uh, maybe, maybe it's just the Lokes dominating. Mm. Like Chopes on that last swell. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, overseas sort of uh, – I don't know, meddling in the lineup. There was a mm. lot of locals just packing it. It hasn't had the, the development uh, in surfing ability that Tahiti has for some reason. No, Fiji. it's coming, though. that is. It's coming, man. Uh, but, I mean, look, although we cannot experience a monstro cloud break mm. swell, we can experience Dave Wassell commentating it. Here it is. Look at, look at Medina. Getting funky, cold, just blowing tail... Shut the front door. Are you kidding me? You know what? I swear to you, he looked like a spider monkey jacked up a Mountain Dew. But he regains composure and just starts teeing off. I mean, this guy thinks he's VJ Singh here at Tabarua. You know what? He's got the groove and he's feeling it. Holy steak and potatoes, Batman. Are you kidding me? He's 
reading it like it's Braille. I mean, he probably has his eyes closed. He's like, oh, no big deal. He's literally, he's toying with his emotions like a teenage girl. He's just roller coaster riding the tar <laughs> out of this wave. Look at this guy. Like, bump, bump, bump. He's riding the bucking, the bucking Bronco. Backhand, hacky sack, wow. attack. I saw his feet, like, bouncing completely off it. And it was like a Cinderella story. He just put it right back in the glass slipper. And it looks like a gem. That is gem and the holograms. Just look at him just sitting in there forever. Yeah. What's he doing? Writing an autobiography <laughs> in there? Perfect positioning. Park it, Parkinson. Get those shorts back on. The, the guys on the jet ski are like, hey, we're a little hot over here. Can you spray us down with some water? He's like, sure, no problem. He's a tube whisperer. Come on. He's the seasonal lawn of barrel riding. Are you oh. joking? I started clapping so loud. People on the other side of the island were like, really, Wassel? We're trying to take a nap. How about knocking that off? Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? Are you joking? Holy moly! Oh my god, people! Look at this guy! You are straight up the hero of the world right now. Are you kidding me? Right there, you had to think that you were just toast. Absolutely burnt toast, covered in Vegemite and you stick it and you come out victorious. Whoa! I'm going over to Bury Night tonight. There's a big party. Wow. <laughs> oh. Wow, guys. Part two, ain't that swell talkback radio. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to Ain't That Swell Talk Back with the Swellian Army. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing, the CBD. And I'm joined here as always by my loyal friend and co-host, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, the Tracks magazine, the Waves magazine, the Vaughn, the Rinsed Corn, the Deadly. G'day, Smivy. How are you, mate? Oh, I've been better. I'm a little ticked off. Uh, a couple mm. of, you know, just a good old-fashioned tick in the pants. Um, Can't believe it. You might call me a ticking time bomb. Uh, I've got tick on the brain. Any other tick puns you got to throw at me? It's a fucking tickerama down here in the Baggettville Swamp. I oh, know, mate. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard. I've heard you've got the, uh, you haven't got Lyme's disease, have you? No, I don't know. But it's, it's raining ticks down in here. It's raining ticks. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's raining ticks. Oh, dear, oh. mate. You all right? Yeah, can can you right. whim, whim off your way through a through a, uh, a tick infestation? I've been thinking about it because he does talk about uh, you know it being able to ward off endotoxins introduced to the body. Uh, I believe that was one of the tests they ran on him and his uh, his posse, his breath posse up there mm. at Ratbout University. I think it was all about getting injected with E. coli or salmonella or some shit, and they just fucking fully in and fully outed it away. Fully in. So, fully out. Yeah, I have been Wim Hof in a bunch, but fucking torturous mm. fucking little cunts. Fuck off you dogs, <laughs> eh? Hey, fucking stick to the dogs, mate, you fucking dog. I get back on protection, you mat. Hey? Dog. Oh, sorry. Fuck off. <laughs> Hope you get the lot, Jamal. Yeah, literally. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, go after the mats. No, not even that. No, I don't I love the mats. I love the mats. Yeah. Up the mats. Mate, uh, yeah, so we got a bit of a, what is it? It's a post-Olympic downer slash uh, mm. start of Mexico. The woods will kick him back into the gear. A few lockdowns still going on in Australia. is sort of just on the 
sort of. What are we on? We're on the we're on the front edge of our COVID mm. breakout. Really, we've, I, we've done mm-hmm. well to avoid it up until now. The rest of the world's had to cop it, and it looks like it's getting a bit out of hand. So we just thought, you know what? Let's just get stuck into a bit of swelly in life. Let's mm. let the swellians have an app where they can just ask whatever the fuck they want. And we'll bring it home to the best weekend, mate. Well said. Agreed. No Let's bring the posse together, get the gang back together again, and have a good old-fashioned waffle. we got some pretty shit prizes to give away for uh, some of our best questions, so keep that in the Woo! back of your brain, yeah. Uh, one of the prizes is, you know when uh, we were making Eye on Newcastle, our little uh, billabong slash, uh, what was it, like billabong team, mm. uh, Newcastle, Expose, expose that we did down there. extravaganza. Yeah, visiting the massage clubs, mm. uh, going to reg- various pubs, getting on the nose beers with uh, former Australian sporting greats. Yes, uh, all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, well, uh, during that we did a little skit where we went down to the beach during Ryan Callanan's uh, post heat interview, oh, and yeah. I got him to sign the t shirt. We're going to give that away. Oh, that wow. t shirt. Wow. Yeah, that the Arcal. Kaladin t-shirt. And did you not wear that uh, t-shirt on the ensuing three-day bender Ooh, with yeah. uh, the Immortal yeah. and Oh, the diesel Annoy. pits are there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able oh, to wow. lick a little bit of fucking dust out of the front of it, dude. That'll keep the ticks off you. <laughs> so we got one of those. A uh, few other little shit prizes. I think we've got some... Um, oh, what else have we got there? I think we've got a couple of uh, Wuzzle Rashies still. Oh, you No, no, for real. And, um, yeah, maybe uh, we might actually give away a few of our... Uh, uh, what have we got? The... Up in Smoke Tour Tees. Oh, man. We'll, we'll no, hand a no. few of those out, but only to the special ones, mate. Oh, yeah, only right. to the special. They're all special. It's good to have uh, feedback, and I hope you're doing well out there, Swillians. Mm. Me and Smithy talk about you a lot. Uh, we're always fucking pretty entertained by the uh, – well, not pretty entertained. We're always greatly entertained by the contributions of the Swillians, Smith. Mm. Um, They're a sharp bunch. They're I'll, onto it. They didn't come down the last shower. I'll tell you what I love is, like, going through all these questions, we got – Pretty much over 100 questions. Uh, I think 60-odd on the gram and then another 60-odd through the DMs and stuff. But just the fucking good nature of the crew, mate. Like Even when they're tearing something up, they're doing it with a fucking smile mm. on their face or, you know, tongue-in-cheek. And that's the fucking spirit of this thing, man. Mm. You know, like we're not here to fucking shit on surfing too much. But if we are going to shit on it, we're going to shit on it and laugh at the same time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, mate. I'm just. Uh, I was just, you know, when when times are a little bit tough, and and you know, as we said, people are sort of stuck at home or, you know, pulled out of their their routine of of whatever makes them happy. It, it's good to know that we can all get together in this little forum and just spray it, Smith. Spray <laughs> it all over the place. Spray mate. the bowl like Caroline Marks, circa 2019 at Karamas. Backside <laughs> blasts in the bowl deluxe. Forgot about that story. Let's spray. Pretty piss weak, if you ask me. Threading the Vortex wants to know, why is dropping in considered okay now and often applauded on social media? Mm. Is this news to you? Uh, I believe he's referring to a social media post by Stab Magazine from a Curaswell recently, in which case uh, some bloke was threading the cone of his lifetime mm. only to be brutally faded by a loke and uh, who then proceeded to finish off said cone of lifetime. And, mm. uh, you know, fuck, man. It, whew, wow. But, they, uh, they're talk- good at doing that up there, aren't Whoa, they? Jeez. Right. I mean, i got to say. Hey, you take the first half of this. I'll take the second half of this cone. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, we can share. I mean, that's this, in the uh, kind of uh, culture of sharing cones. I mean, you're allowed to finish one off. 
for someone, but you're not allowed to like just rip the billy away mid cone and fucking start lunging. <laughs> no, fuck. Right, that would be an interesting thing to see. I'd love to see your face if you're just lunging one. You're just in the moment, just just fully going for it, and then all of a sudden, just as you're about to fucking let go of the shotty, someone rips it out of your hands and gets that last big fucking whoop. Fuck. <laughs> Your brain would explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's a metaphor, but I think it applies to surfing. And uh, I, I believe the, the stab kind of article or the, the post, uh, they, they spoke to the bloke. They interviewed him about it. Uh, and he just kind of made mention of the fact that, you know, it's, it's his joint and he'll kind of do as he pleases. And it didn't feel good burning the guy, but, uh, you know, the barrel felt pretty good. It's interesting, you know, I like... It's a hard one. I've, I've, I've spoken to a few people about this. Uh, I was chatting to Seth Moniz about this, actually, you know, being a, a pipeline local, like, and, and a part of the uh, Hawaiian North Shore dynasty. His old man, Tony Moniz, one of the most mm. respected Hawaiian surfers of all time. Uh, you know, he has fair claim to any wave he wants out there almost, but uh, it's just not in his nature. Like he, he's not going to paddle around people that he knows. He's not going to burn people because it just doesn't make him feel good. Mm. And he reckons also just kind of on a more cosmic level that whenever he does that, he feels like he has a fucked surf after anyway. And I, I, I find like, if you've got to snake someone or burn someone uh, to get a good wave, often the like the fear of, Potential ramifications are uh, in the form of, you know, not fear of the violence necessarily or all the confrontation, but or what can happen in the confrontation. But there is just a, a level of residual stress there. Like, fucking, what have I done here? Am I going to have to fucking, am I going to have to like go in here with this dude and have a big old drama? Like, it just kind of ruins the experience. You don't get the totally the pure joy of the vish. Yeah, totally, mate. I, I, that's a, such a good point. I think that the the karmic balance finds a way and it always does and you know like uh, in australia the most uh, famous example of uh surf rage was was a localism issue between locals uh you know the nat young uh sort of beating on the point there at angari was a real uh sort of you know what was it it was a, it was a bit of a, a chest beating like you know who's more local kind of thing and who mm. was dominating the lineup and paddling up the inside and it, it all just erupted after years and years of did it not erupt sort of over? alpha mailing the 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 lineups there but was it not too with uh there was, i believe there was two grievances there nat young thought uh this you know you're not meant to ride longboards and gary point i think like at, at a certain size he was criticizing the guy and then a apparently he also slapped his son right yeah well i mean this, it's it's a local explosion but uh, the the thing allegedly, yeah, allegedly, but yeah, well, yeah the that's details have become foggy, Smith. Oh, very foggy. The gold gold cane pieces is uh, a little bit mouldy on this one. Oh, there's been a couple that have gone <laughs> down between uh, then and now. But what sure. I was going to say is, you know, like the 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 comeuppance of of being an alpha male, stalking a lineup, dropping in on people, like thinking you, that you know your ability gives you a, a right over other people, or that you've you've been at a wave for so long that you know on the, the best set of the day, it doesn't matter who's on the inside, you're going to take it. Mm. All of that. If it doesn't sort of feed directly back into your uh, immediate surf experience, it's it builds up. Mm. Like I just feel like every single apex predator in every lineup has their day where the fucking chickens 
come home to roost. Oh, mate. I'll tell you, every local is only one bantamweight boxer away Mm. from a serious humbling. You know, there's guys out there who don't surf particularly well and don't look like much and will hit you with a flurry of 18 punches before you know what's uh, happened. And, I mean, Benny Serrano is a classic example of that. Uh, Manly raised, south coast uh, kind of based. Um, I can think of my mate. Violinist. Violinist. (laughs) Classical (laughs) violinist and one of the all-time great underground Australian pugilists. I'm um, thinking of a mate from Bondi, uh, Toddy, uh, you know, a guy I used to work as, uh, you know, John Ibrahim's uh, personal bodyguard, um, you know, just a, a fairly run-of-the-mill looking bloke. You wouldn't really know it, but uh, yeah, Muay Thai exponent extraordinaire, um, you know, he's a, you know, kind of guy who took up surfing in his 20s. You could easily mistake him for some, you know, just Joe that needs to be faded on a quality wave and... Uh, yeah, it could go real pear-shaped look for you out, real look quick. Out. Well, look, uh, just to get back to threading the vortex's question, Smivy, uh, is it okay? Is it considered okay dropping in? I don't think it is. No. I don't think, and I don't think it's being applauded. I think mostly um, the only time it was genuinely applauded was when uh, that guy cooked Mitch Parkinson on the best wave of his whole life at Snapper Rocks and everyone just went, yes, thank you. Finally, <laughs> a little bit of comeuppance for the two pig, <laughs> Mitchy Parkinson, who we do love. Yeah, who we do love, but that was a long time coming. Yeah, is that, that it, it, there, there is a certain there's a certain balancing of the universe at play there because mm. how many best waves of other people's lives that would be nothing like that wave, but you know, just a little bit of vision for most people mm. is so satisfying, and they would have just seen the back of Mitch Parkinson disappearing down the line as they get faded oh, on the phone ball and I, a million times. I'll tell you, uh, I watched. Mitch sail very close to the wind during one cyclone swell at Kira, and it's exactly the kind of scenario I was just talking about where, um, you know, he's gorging, getting cone after cone, and, uh, you know, power to him. He's an incredible surfer. It is his local joint. He's part of a long lineage of core lords Mm. at the Kira. But uh, a guy, an infamous guy from Sydney, from uh, the eastern suburbs, Wayne Cleveland, fresh out of the clink uh, and on an absolute heater, just packing cone after cone himself. Um, You know, he he faded Mitch on one uh, and, uh, you know, Mitch, too young to realise who he was and who he's messing with, uh, you know, was calling him out, wanting to fight this guy and... uh, I was just looking Ooh. at it. And, and there was guys on jet skis, uh, older guys from the Gold Coast who, who knew Wayne's story. And, and I remember him just screaming at Mitch going, no, no. <laughs> and uh, just kind of fang there on the jet ski to get in between the two of them and uh, just kind of pulled apart because that was going to be a bloodbath. Ooh, and yeah. uh, Mitch was not coming out on the good side of that one. So uh, it, it can happen. You know, if, if you want to burn people, eventually you're going to be called to uh, fight. That's the That's mm. the – Rule of thumb. If you want to do it over and over again, there's going to be a certain character type that's not going to cop it. And at that point, you're going to need to be able to hold your hands up real good because, uh, yeah, it just, there's guys out there who have had fucking 12 amateur fights at South's Juniors and uh, know how to fucking Mm. cave some skull. Yeah, well, uh, a good getaway there. Don't drop in, folks. Just try not to do it. I mean, unless there's an absolute peanut who just keeps on slipping up your inside and just asking for it, well... Mostly, it just doesn't feel good, Smith. Pretty pissed week, if you ask me. Jack Myers here. Uh, his question is uh, the question to end all questions. Oh, here we go. He's uh, uh, 
he's claimed it early on, but we'll see about that. G'day, boys. Love the potty and have in the past seen some Hamad Insta content of you both threading some Mondo cones and cracking a few off the top. So what I want to know is who wins in a heat? Six feet of bacon strips and earlobes or the two-time gold cone piece award-winning surf journalist Hamad up the fucking swellings. Uh, I'll answer this like... I'm not in this game to uh, talk myself up as a surfer or even claim that I'm a good surfer. I am a very much an average Joe uh, who grew up wedged between uh, getting my skull crushed by giant Polynesians on dimly lit suburban football grounds mm. and packing cones in my spare time. So uh, I'm going to hand that one over to you, Vaughn, but uh, I'm not here to blow I, my I, own I think, cone. Uh, look, neither of us are all that competitive, so the the, the, the the likelihood of you and I appearing in a heat at all ever is very low, but I think that we both actually, uh, I think we both have different tastes in what we really love about surfing. Like you mm. love getting the car, heading off into the desert, embedding yourself with the core lords, getting the dirt into your fingertips and into the pores of your skin and just packing Mondo far away, far flung reefs with the fucking, you know, the ultimate fucking underground hell. Chases. Well, that's all you had. That's all you yeah, had in the that's, in, in the eastern suburbs and South Sydney growing up. You yeah. had shitty piss week beach breaks, or you had filthy orbulus labs, mm. and there was nothing in between. And uh, you know, you look at guys like Richie Vikulik, um, You know, he's a classic example of a guy who you know you put him in a beach break. He's a so-so surfer. You put him in a slabbing, barnacle encrusted uh, orb of mortal conequence, mm. and he's a maestro. But and even- uh, I'm not anywhere near that. But that was the kind of Trajectory that was the the, the archetypal surfer That's he right. aspired to be. That's right, and and you're also you know like I've I've we've tried to tee up having a surf together, and I'll drive down to uh, a little secret reef that we both like uh, around the Ballina area, and you'll just paddle out by yourself, which freaks me out, mate, because there's a couple of spots where you're paddling out and surfing where I'm just like fuck that, mate. I would never surf that wave of my own, mm. never. But um, I grew up in New Brighton. My two first ever surfing heroes were Jeremy Biles and Matt Smith, two mm. blokes who uh, basically uh, embodied that sort of crazy-ass hedonistic, like loose and mad fucking period of uh, pro surfing in the 80s, early 90s. Uh, and yeah, I guess I just grew up kind of like wanting to be a part of that world. Mm. And uh, then eventually sort of moving to tracks and being a part of that whole system. And yeah, I guess I, I was kind of happy just like being – in the thick of, uh, I wouldn't say the scene so much, but just in and around all that, like, whacking the lip and trying to do a fucking cutty and getting into airs and reverses when the momentum generation came along. So, yeah, that style and that sort of uh, thing, of that part of surfing appealed to me a little more. So we're just on different paths, mate. But I love mm. that, you know, when we're together and we're surfing, we're fucking having a hell time, bro. Oh, got it. That's all I know. Got to be a celebration. Uh, I mean, the whole, yeah, it's, it's a fucking ego trip anyway, like all that shit. Uh, I mean, the whole competitive aspect of surfing growing up never made much sense to me. I, you know, I'd go on the board riders and I'd just kind of see that the the type of surfing required to do well in a competitive mm. format is, is a very undignified form of uh, surfing. It, it requires you to do manoeuvres that you don't want to do on sections that aren't really asking for it and it just looks gross. Yeah. Uh, something I could never really compel myself to do no well i gave it a crack and to be honest i never really got anywhere so uh yeah look uh, i don't know but i'll tell you like there's one thing i love when you and i surfing together mate like if it's if it's pitting 
We're fucking both having a crack, Smitty. I don't care what you say, mate. I'm happy to throw it out there. I'll have a fucking dig when it's Coney, mate. <laughs> Pretty piss weak if you ask me. This one is from uh, Justin McManus. Oh, no, I believe that's Justin McManus. <laughs> and uh, Justin says, why isn't Vaughn rinse corn on the invite list for the Red Bull comp? Pretty simple. Shit myself, mate. I don't think I'd be packing anything out there at our shippies. I did get the call up to uh, commentate it, though, but obviously with COVID and everything... It's a no-go. So yeah. uh, there you go, mate. Pretty piss weak if you ask me. Uh, I've got it in my uh, sort of bucket list goal, Smivy, to actually get pitted again on a wave where I can stand bolt upright with my hands in the air. Mm. I was talking to Chalky about it, Marky Matthews. I was like, is it too late for me? Like, do you reckon I could get fit enough where I could get a fucking proper stand-up, you know, way overhead, can't, can't paint the ceiling pit? Mm. And he, just, he was like all for it. And even Stu Gibson was saying to me, like, mate, Chippies is a piece of piss. We'll get you into one out there. No oh, worries. Mate, if there's one guy you want to be taking advice from, it's uh, Mark Chalk Matthews. I mean, maybe he'll uh, whip you into one down on the south coast there yeah. where he's legging it up. He basically uh, fly kicked himself in the forehead after. I, I can't think a it's a great thing. A can't think whip. asking those two guys is the right people to ask. Oh, it's sweet, mate. It's sweet. Yeah, <laughs> nothing can. Into one deadly. Come on, mate. Nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> Hope you get the lot, you dog. Now, we've got one here from Hendo Froth, one of our swellians in the land of stars and bars. He, uh, he wants to know, am I just getting old as fuck or are legends falling by the wayside? Khan, Joycey, J-Flo, Susie Q, that's uh, Adriano D'Souza. Who else? My, can't ta- my heart can't take it, mates, up the fucking swellians. Mm. Uh, and then he adds Mikey Wright to that list. As of this morning in Mexico. This, this is huge. So, it's an exodus. Mate, yeah. Movement of your people, Vaughn. <laughs> the quality of surfers leaving the tour right now, and, and unlike the, the sort of the, the changing of the generation, Smith, where we had Paco, Mick, even Kai Otten, it felt like a celebration at the end of their careers. Mm. This doesn't feel like that. This doesn't feel like uh, these guys are leaving maybe J-Flow a little bit, but Joyce's didn't feel like it was coming from a place of like, I've, I've had a great time. Like I, I'm at the end of my, mm. I've achieved everything I want to achieve, and I'm, I'm sailing off into the sunset to chase something else. It feels a little more darker than that, don't, don't you feel? Yeah, there's because been... Mikey Wright just tapping out. Mm. I mean, he's one of the best surfers in the world, mm. but maybe just the the Woozle isn't the uh, you know the the career magnet that it, it was. 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah, it's such an interesting question, especially after watching the Olympics with, you know, just so much emotion and passion uh, kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting to feel like that watching mm. the event and, and watching Barra de la Cruz this morning, the new uh, WSL event, I just kind of couldn't get that psyched for it. Um, you know, watching the same maneuver and over and over again on a, you know, inconsequential, albeit fun, four foot right. Um, I just I wasn't feeling anything. Add to that, um, you know, just from a, a spectator point of view. I mean, these guys are obviously watching the the Olympics. They're watching uh, World Tour events. From a spectator point of view, like the World Tour guys themselves, I'm talking about. From a spectator point of view, it didn't give me a lot of energy. Mm. And then on top of that, you add to you know add to that just how much rigmarole there is currently. Um, for the World Tour athletes, like the amount of quarantining they're expected to do in order to, to chase the World Tour right now, um, you know, jumping through the hoops, it's brutal. Like I, I saw Connor down at the local the other week, I had a, a quick surf at one of the beaches there, and you know, he just 
it looked like it was starting to take its toll on him. Mm. And I would feel like it would have to. Like two weeks in a fucking airless room every time you want to go to a contest is brutal, mate. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> like just... It's too much. At the best of times, the world tour is hard yakka, you know, nine months away from your family and all that. But in the current climate, it's just, it's almost asking too much of surfers. These people are just human beings. They have needs like, you know, mm. fucking joy, family, community, um, fucking stability to a degree. Like they, they can't go without this shit. It will very quickly start to take its toll. And I just wonder whether. Guys like Julian in particular, he's got a family. Jeremy's got a young family. You know, these guys are just like, fuck, it's not worth it. Mm. And Mikey, you know, like that's an interesting one. Uh, it's not like you could see it coming, but you could sense something was just not there for him. Uh, he never seemed that, he, that invested in it all, he? just he? doesn't look like he's really busting his hump to win heats, does it? Mm. Like he, he, even his, uh, you know, big one-turn manoeuvres kind of looked a little half-hearted. And I, I don't mean to be uh, critical of, of uh, his attitude or whatever, but... Just in the performances, it just never seemed 100%. You know what it reminds me of? The great Dean Reynolds. It's uh, that similar kind of competitive ambivalence manifesting in huge manoeuvres uh, that aren't, you know, like I said, mm. he's surfing with dignity and integrity and that just isn't always conducive to competitive success. Yeah. The other t- uh, takeaway was women's surfing is on a, a completely different uh, trajectory to the men's right now. But the men's is just trying to figure out where it is and who are the alpha male. I mean, we know who the alpha males are, sorry. But, you know, the Brazilian dominance, I think, must be fatiguing for, for guys who expected to do better. Mm. You know, your Kaloas, your Julians, your, all those guys. But on the women's side of things, everyone just seems to be ratcheting it up. Mm. Like, it just, they all want it. It's and, a free-for-all. Oh, mate, it's just, it's pretty it's open fucking, slather. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic between the two because it does seem like the women's tour is, a, is more... I don't know. It makes you want to watch it more. Like the storylines are better. Like the, the rivalries are starting to really sort of get in there. There's more women who can win win comps instead of uh, like on the men's side where it's like a, a three or four horse race most of the time. Mm. But um, yeah, interesting. So yeah, I don't see like you know I don't see any women getting on tour and going ah, eh, not for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and they don't have that avenue of being a free surfer. There's no True. other way to True. derive an income from, from surfing apart mm. from being on the tour. Uh, I mean, this year has been one of the most lacklustre in my memory for tour surfing. Just the wave quality hasn't – it's not where what we're used to. Like, there hasn't been any uh, contests of seriously – consequential waves margaret river was big but it, it, it's not like that that classical pipeline mm. chopes uh you know just hollow kind of waves and if it's not uh, there needs to be a lot at stake for, for me to have a solid interest in surfing in competitive surfing you know the the, the waves either have to be hollow uh or there has to be uh, something more on the line, like watching these kind of repercharge heats, knowing that surfers can throw away their two worst results. These mm. kind of things for me are just subtracting uh, from the the cutthroat nature of sport. You want to see emotion. You want to see stress. You want to see boil overs. Mm. That's what sport is. The, the Olympics had it in fucking it spades. Did, and early, Most sports have it in spades. Yeah, the early heats of the Olympics was where it really became obvious, wasn't it? Because you had guys who had never really really surfed a CT with an opportunity to, to get a medal or to represent their country. And it just was f- 
it was fizzing from the early rounds, even in the shit surf. So that was a, an interesting takeaway. But the the big thing for the Wuzzle, uh, this year will live and die on that on that WSL finals. Like, man, if, mm. if it's shit surf or they don't get what they need, everyone's going to torch it. And if, if it gets, you know, four to six foot sort of Kelly Slater in black and white surf, mm. you know, it's not going to matter what the rest of the year does because that's, that's all anyone's going to remember. I'll tell you, like having a final day there as opposed to pipeline. Oh, it's hectic. Fuck, it's hectic, man. It, it kind of plays right into the the rhythm that the WSL's locked into at the moment with just mediocre, inconsequential waves and largely repetitive maneuvers. I mean, I guess Trestles does have a scope for in- incredible variety, but it's still like, you know, I feel like only 20% of the surfers are. Uh, you know, on the side, on say on the men's side of the jaw, for argument's mm. sake, are uh, gonna gonna be putting up really varied maneuvers on a wave. I feel like a lot of it, like fuck, so much of the performance surfing boils down to just ticking boxes, mm. and uh, fuck, man, it, it just kind of wears my interest down by the end of a contest. You know, like, but I guess top five guys in the world, uh, it's, 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 it'll. It's, It'll be a spectacle. It's got to be. Whether it's... Uh, it's going to matter to everyone. Mm. Like the, the, I've still got misgivings about the format. I just mm. feel like asking the guy who came fifth to surf, you know, if he wants the world title, he's going to have to surf something like seven, eight heats, you know, if it goes to a third heat in the, in the decider because it's the best of three. So, interesting. But, yeah, it's just it's so much will depend on that, that surf. And uh, I'll be so curious to see how it plays out. Pretty pissed week, if you ask me. Chris DeCampo, he wants to know, should the Wuzzle introduce a quiver limit for the season? Hmm. Say seven boards. Stop these World Tour surfers raping Mother Gaia with 20 boards at each event. Could get interesting at the finals with Gabby having to surf his eight-foot gun in the high-performance trestles up the fucking swell in. <laughs> I love that Good question. Good take, Chris. <laughs> I love that idea, what, do, too. Are, are you saying, like, just... Seven boards, you nominate them at the start of the year, and that's the only boards you're allowed to travel with. For the yeah. whole year, if you snap them, you just got to go to your next craft. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, from memory, I think Matt Hoy, uh, when he made his debut on tour, had six boards for the entire season, mm. um, all shaped by his old man. So, uh, I don't know. I like it. Like, the idea that pro surfers should get, like, upwards of 70 boards in a year just flies in the face of fucking... All kinds of logic. <laughs> it's mad. Like, uh, there's really no need for it. I, I, I guess, like, yeah, sure, to, like, you know, push the performance limits by a fraction of a point, it's it, it's necessary. But, like, oh, is, mate, is it a worthy you, trade-off? You've seen Taj Barrow's garage, haven't you? I think he's got something like 185 11s. Like, and he knows every single one of them and how they go. Wow. Like, every single one. And that's not including the ones he didn't keep. You know what I mean? Like mm. he was getting, um, I think when he was with Weber, Weber would just send over some um, 20 to 30, 40 boards at a time. Yeah, and these are machine-shaped in fucking Thailand and they're, you know, it's like the height of uh, planned obsolescence and wasteful consumption. And like, I get it. Like it's it's what is considered the norm and every pro surf is on that program. But I think it's a good point, man. Fuck, it's it, the carbon footprint or whatever the fuck you call it is just diabolical seven um, boards seven boards is plenty <laughs> how many have you got well make things interesting i don't know like uh th- yeah pretty much bang on that i mean there's definitely a few more fucking shit ones under the house but uh that, that's my kind of <laughs> quiver that's in rotation 
But uh, Mate, seven's I- probably a bit low. But I would like to see it. And I would also like to see, fuck, man, just more varied equipment somehow. I don't know if that really factors into the the objectives of the, yeah. the world tour. But fuck, it'd be good to see some, some more twin fins, some asymmetricals, just some different lines, man. Mm. Uh, one of the things I found when I was covering the world tour, especially at waves like J-Bay, incredible, you know, fuck, pretty much the ultimate point break. Yeah. But what you're watching is essentially the same as watching time trials in the F1. You're mm. watching the same guys do the same maneuvers, but just a fraction of a second or a fraction, the line is fractionally different to the point it's almost invisible for like, it, it's, it's mu- like on a, uh, an emotional level, mm. it leaves no imprint. No. Uh, but then the top guys, obviously, your Slater's, you know, Parco's just fucking mesmeric out yeah. there. Um, you know, there's a clear gap between the top, the cream, and the the kind of the hordes. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, I just, I just found it uh, – I found this a lot throughout my career, standing on the beaches, watching entire World Tour events unfold. Fuck, it was repetitious, mate. <laughs> it was monotonous. It's funny because, like, the, the things that stand out to me now is just people – fucking attacking it right from the word go you know like that that's my favorite kind of tour surfing just like get out there bottom turn as deep and as hard as you can and just fucking crack it smitty like that's the difference between gabe italo even morgs you can chuck in there you know mm. he, he just goes it canoe so, in his heat this morning i mean um yeah I, I totally agree but i just don't think that that's necessarily conducive to competitive longevity and the, the sort of consistency mm. you need, uh, you know, going throwing the kitchen sink at a section. Uh, fuck, man, it doesn't seem to pan out for a lot of guys. You're right. Uh, there's just, just a couple of comments on uh, Chris DeCampo's question there, Smith. Dingo Surf Academy said, great comment. Think about Mother Earth. And uh, Mickey G said, love it. Fix them or flock them off, you dogs. Uh, get back on protection, you mutt. Hey. Dog. Oh, sorry. I'd love to see him bent over with the, the solar QR, the solar res, just scratching away at dings. It sounds amazing. Before oh, that'd be so head. good. You've got to fix I, your own boards. Oh, it was classic. I remember the, uh, of course, in, uh, I think it was Montage, you know, Taj on some of his incredible heat runs uh, there in Europe and snake fixing creases in between heats. Uh, yeah. Because, of course, you know, even Taj in those days doesn't get his hands dirty, but uh, pretty piss weak if you ask me. Grant Boyatzis. Boyatzis. Uh, I think he might be the cousin of Guido Hatzis. Subatomic drop kick to the solar plexus. Guido <laughs> Hatzis. Uh, one of the inner west's great Turkish underground figures. Mm. Uh, his question is: Do you think Taj has it in him for a return to tour? And to take it out. And then uh, C-Ball Run is chipped in like Tom Curran from the trials. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So TB, you know, with the, with the mass exodus that we're talking about, there's space on there for a, a guy like TB to make a comeback. Oh, geez. I'd love to see him at Barra right now. Just that flared out electric fucking front side hacks. Pop, pop, slap, yeah, the, slap. The boys got pretty stitched up by their heats in, uh, you know, when they uh, Mick and, and TB came back onto the CT uh they threw Mick out in fucking a south swell at Narrabeen with a couple of dodgy lefts. Like, he was never going to really trouble Italo in that sort of surf. And then Taj, I, what, did he even catch any waves during his sort of comeback at uh, Rotto? Don't think he did. So, uh, yeah, TB and Mick, like, out at uh, Barra de la Cruz, you'd have to think, Smithy. Mm. You'd have to think that they would take out a couple of these fucking uppity little pros who think they've got mm. fucking 
wheels now that they've got silver medals around their neck. Mm, hey, mm, hey. Mm. not naming anyone in specifically there, of course. No, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, those kind of generations collide actually in that that early morning heat. Kanoa, Kaloe, and the goat, the goat, mm. and uh, you know. It's interesting just to see the kind of the muscle memory of the goat in action. You know, he's he's able to you know find pits under priority, do his signature roundhouse Rappity to rebound, do. just poetry in motion. But then he's up against this new kind of the, the hyper speed, the warp speed, the fucking just the commitment, the flexibility, yeah, the agile, of, just yeah. elasticity of their green bones. It's oh. just like it's it's on show, isn't it? It's radical. It's, I a, think- it's a stark difference when you look at the the actual style of, mm. of the body movement. Kelly looks so jinky, kind of like has that. Uh, I mean, even though he was smooth, he looked beautiful and smooth. The board looked actually incredible in that surf, but just that that real limber, green bodied fluidity of the, yeah. of the younger style. Just- he doesn't have the range of movement and the explosivity mm. of someone like Kanoa, uh, who had the highest uh, the highest single wave of the heat, a 7.5 that he went fucking ham on, mm. and it looked very reminiscent of the Taj, the Taj buzzer. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know if TB could uh, storm his way to a world title comeback at this stage of his life, but I certainly think he could trouble a few of these young guys. Uh you know, given the right conditions. Pretty piss weak, if you ask me. Andy Beswick wants to know, is getting a COVID vaccine more or less more or less dangerous than getting a mystery pinger at a doof? <laughs> I've eaten my share of them, Vaughn. Yeah, and uh, you're still here. You're still going I strong, I am still going strong. Uh, there's a lot of COVID questions. There's a lot of vaccine questions from the Swellians. Uh, both sides of the fence represented there, Smiv. Um, I know that you know you're a big believer in uh, relying on the on the natural vaccines and, and uh, immunity of, that the human body can produce. Given to a the, degree, I'm not anti-vax. No, no, I wasn't going to say that, but uh, you know, I just think if you get like give your body every opportunity to build that immunity mm. anyway, mm. like that's that's a perfect thing to do, regardless of what's going on in life. But um, yeah, as far as the jab goes, at this. Well, let's go direct well, we, to the question, Vaughn. I mean, a lot of the uh, a lot of the people I've heard who are anti-vax, you know, they're like, I'm not, I'm not going to just let them put some shit in my body. I'm like, mate, I've stood there mm. and watched you shovel fucking cocaine <laughs> that's come out of some Peruvian's bumhole via fucking the Housing Commission in Daceyville, and uh, you know. Don't talk to yeah. me about muddying up your central nervous system with foreign objects. You've fucking been you've been a pig the whole life. <laughs> yeah, mate. Look, I fucking hypocrisy. Just think, what's what's? Yeah, I've heard so many fucking out there theories. Yeah, but it's so the government. I'm not letting the government put the junk home. in me. We're I'll let a fucking comanchero from fucking Matcherville load me up with whatever's in his mystery pinger or mystery packet. Yeah. If, yeah, I, mate, if, if it if comes to scammer, if I can reduce the fucking chance of anyone I love. Fucking getting COVID by 0.001% on my for it. Mm. That's my take. Mm. Fucking whatever it is. Oh, whatever mate. it is, mate. Anything Whether it's Wim Hof, for- fucking getting a jab, whatever. But yep. fucking think about other people instead of your own fucking self-righteous self. That's right. That's right. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Mm-hmm. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Barnacle 69. Good old barn, mate. Hey? Yeah, barn. Good old barn. Back it up. Imagine a couple of reverse it. Sixty nine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What about her? How would what what would a barnacle sixty nine look like? It's a a strange image, actually. Anyway, what he's going for there? Nathan Florence's OnlyFans site. What the fuck is on it? 
Well, I haven't paid the money to go and have a squeeze, but I'm assuming it'd be similar to everything that's on uh, OnlyFans. Just Nathan Florence in a little G-string, uh, you know, tempting viewers mm, to mm. Uh, pay an extra 10 bucks to come to the next little portal. Mm. And You want to see my sparkling corn? Yeah, you want to see me just uh, rinse this corn with this beautiful 7-0 that I've uh, just picked up off our Chapman. Come and have a squeeze. <laughs> uh, I don't know, mate. Uh, well, what about you, Smith? Would you be... Uh, would you be up for, for chucking down a, a regular subscription fee to see what Nathan Florence is up to on OnlyFans? Well, if it gives me a look at his, uh, his you know, the, the quality of his corn as a two-time gold cone piece award-winning journalist, especially in this era of fake news and green screens where, you know, sure, Nathan Florence looks like he's packing eight-foot cones at pipe and backdoor, mm. but is he really? I mean, uh. so, you know, just purely from a... A truth-seeking point of view, I'd have to know. I'd have to pay the 10 bucks at least once. Yeah, okay. Good. Good. Mate, uh, what, what else is on your whiteboard of, of uh, golden cone piece, uh, bucket list slash uh, truth-seeking missions? Uh, I want to go – I want to revisit the, uh, the, the black and red Buddha from my DMT journey uh, via the, the shaman, the, the Northcote shaman – Richie, the concreter, uh, mm. who took me on that journey. I, I need to revisit. I need. I need more wisdom and guidance from the uh, mm. the giant tryptamine Buddha. Uh, that's part of the the next few dot points. Uh, what else do I want to achieve in my journalistic caper this next twelve months? Um, I, I think really comprehending uh, the goat's direction in life. I, I want to understand. Yeah. You know, where's he headed? What's going on up there, Vaughn? Who knows, mate? I, I could talk about the goat. That could, that's a, we could do a whole episode on the goat, what he's thinking and where he's off to. But personally, um, I'm pretty stoked that he's back in the, back in the rashy. It's where he belongs. Uh, he, he seems a bit weird just out there hovering around, not competing. Like It's, it, it's like his, uh, you know, his role in all of our lives really only exists within the framework of competition. Because he's just such a uh, fucking competitive gnarly cunt. Mm. <laughs> I mean, what? But what's you know when he's just sort of chipping in here and there on um, topics of the day, it just doesn't feel the same, does it? No. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I wonder how he fills that void that competition has given him his entire life. He wouldn't know any different from mm. the age of eleven to today. He's basically had so much purpose. He's had this carrot that he wants to just nibble on. Yeah, nibble over here, nibble over there, ayahuasca. Correct. Spray the sheets, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) So, I mean, what becomes of him? I've spent the last couple of weeks kind of absorbing various podcasts of uh, former athletes. uh, And this Mm. is a narrative that's kind of come from the Olympics too, that a lot of athletes – they, they attach their sense of self-worth to medals, to contest results. That's right, yeah. Um, to, to their next opponent, particularly in the fighting game. I notice this a lot because a lot of guys in the fight game have come from really traumatic, uh, impoverished upbringings. So fighting is kind of wired into their central nervous system. Mm. Having an opponent measuring up against them, you know, that has been their whole fucking uh, raisin d'etre. Mm. And if the the success, you you attach the success to that because that's pulling you out of a life that you you don't want to be a part of anymore. And then the second you lose and all that fanfare and all that attention and all the, you know, all the things that come with success, which most of it is just fucking, you know, what is it, sprinkles on top. It doesn't actually get to the root of 
you know, who you are and, and why you're doing what you're doing. No, I mean, so like exactly. You- and the reason they're doing what they're doing is because literally their central nervous system has been trained to need stress and conflict. Mm. Uh, and that's a trippy one to wrap your heads around. But this is where the conversation around mental health uh, and childhood trauma and these kinds of things has gotten to through the likes of Gabor Mate and some of these experts in the field. And I'm starting to understand that, like, you know, a lot of these characters that we worship for their sporting greatness are actually, like, kind of doing it for the wrong reasons and don't actually themselves understand the reasons they're doing it mm. for until they hang up the the gloves the board um the fucking gymnast leotard whatever it is and then they're kind of like oh wow so what is life now so what's the goal i've got no opponent i've, I've got nothing to strive for and, and then they realize that fuck like really all you can do to survive life is stay calm and try and maintain some kind of inner peace, but their central nervous system has been wired for mm. 20, 30, 40 years to need stress and conflict and intensity. And that going, f- transitioning from that kind of heightened state back to calm, fuck, mate, I'm trying to do it now. It's very yeah. difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult to just be calm and, and, and existing in a peaceful state. Mm. Fuck, mate! It it's, is. It's the biggest challenge of my life. Which I, I, it says a lot, Smithy, about the the mental strength of Julian Wilson, Jeremy Flores, Mikey Wright, especially Mikey at, at this age of his or, or at this part of his life, where you know he's he potentially got ten more years of, of tour surfing ahead of him if he wanted it. But to just know that that's not him, to know that that's not a part of like what makes him feel good about life or about mm. surfing, which is clearly like playing into his decision making. Um. It says that, you know, like that, that uh, adrenaline of, of success or like the dopamine hit you get from competing and beating other people and all that, it just doesn't – it's not translating the way that it, it once would have. No. You know, and, when it was the be-all and end-all. And you look at – it's a good example you bring up because you look at him and, uh, you know, Mikey and Julian and they, these guys, as far as I know, I don't, I don't know too much, but mm. as far as I know, they come from, you know, pretty – Classical blue collar families, pretty well raised. Um, and then you look at your Medinas and your Italo Ferreras, guys from, you know, fucking the breadline. Yeah. Italo in particular from poverty. Um, Medina, you know, kind of a single mother, was uh, working as a car valet as a six year old to help his mum pay bills. Mm. Um, you know, kind of, he's from that uh, more kind of childhood trauma. Uh, background uh, John John Florence is probably in that in that conversation I would say you know he's I never knew his old man really mm. um, so like for the guys who come from a a, a more calmer place um, you know maybe on a deep level they they understand that you know this all, all this shit is just actually not fulfilling them and uh, kind of making them feel worse yeah well, um, whereas because oh, one of the things about when you're from that fucking that real stressful kind of home absorbing losses as painful as it is it's still a reason to pick yourself up and rip in again mm. uh, and you can do that fucking for eternity yeah um i heard oscar de la hoya on uh mike tyson's podcast recently and he, he talked about just hanging up the gloves and just he's so depressed he doesn't know what to do with himself mm. Um, you know, he could fucking pick himself up after losses because he still had he had to get back to his glory. Yeah. His ego um, just demanded it of him. Some of these guys 
don't necessarily have that faulty wiring, that supercharged kind of traumatized ego mm. inside them. Well, and also, mate, it's a it's it's a it's a growing field of uh, sports science, and and especially sort of mental sports science, where detaching that early is becoming more and more important. You know, like uh, just getting. I, I heard a podcast with Ash Barty's coach, who's a, a, an Aussie bloke from down at um down in Victoria, I think. And he was saying that, you know, like one of the big parts of his mission with athletes, working with athletes, whether it's the Richmond Football Club or Ash, is to separate the person from the results. So mm. that really early that's established. So yeah. that you're not tying your self-worth to getting through a, a, a game or a heat or a match, you know, winning or losing it. And so uh, that's, that's really, <clears throat> I think, one of the big differences between the way that people are approaching athletes, top-level athletes especially, are starting to get that into their system early so that by the time they reach the end of their lives, they've, they've done it for the right reasons. They're not that's just right. caught up in that psycho system of just like win at all costs and fucking losing is just like, you know, you're just instantly nosediving and mm. um, it, it makes that ride more fun. Mm. And that's, mm. that's really like where... You know, if you if you read like a lot of criticism of the Olympics or so, any major sport, it's like how political and how driven and how like you know you've got to sacrifice everything to be a champion, and and that seems to be slowly starting to change, which is good. Mm. Yeah, I mean that was a a big part of what Jason Patchell, the uh, Surfing Australia sports psychologist, told us a while back. That's a huge part of their focus, and they're bringing the, the new generation of Australian surfers up with exactly that kind of mental coping mechanism mm. that you talk about. The interesting part to that, though, is if you kind of cure that that trauma early, you might also take the drive to succeed <laughs> away, no, mate. Well, ironically. We just don't know yet. But you're right, man, because like, it, it, it's just like, can you maintain the mongrel mm. and be, you know, ruthless without attaching that emotion to it. Totally. I mean, for, weird. for me, weird an- to think of. anger and aggression uh, was my main fuel and the driving force that's propelled me through my mm. entire life to achieve everything I've achieved. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm trying to get rid of that. And um, An Australian Surfing Hall of Fame uh, culture award for Ain't That Swell. Oh, yeah. Mate, that you've was done it. You've, you've been to the pinnacle. The two gold cone pieces. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my achievements were on dimly Surely lit. there's a third there, Smithy. Tap no, into the think so. <laughs> Tap into the mongrel. No, I mean, uh, when I look back on my career, it's definitely not uh, really anything I've done in the, the surfing realm that I'll be that proud of, apart from this oh, no, the oh, podcast. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like it, it, it's more... Um, in I was only attaching um, Ain't That Swell success to uh, that story, mate. Oh, Ain't That Swell is very <laughs> much a part of it. Um, and, you know, yeah. certain stories I've written and stuff, but just the, the fucking, the, the will to succeed despite knockbacks and, you know, more it's more to do with having to scoop myself off the ground with That's, my jaw hanging in two parts after wearing dog shots and come back and, yeah. you know, all this kind of shit that happened long before I was a, a journalist or anything. I was just a fucking, some skinhead clattering uh clattering around football fields and 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 that that was the that was where it all kind of really crystallized having to mm. come back from incidents that you know could have either killed me or um left me maimed for life and uh going through that i was like well if these if these cunts can't kill me then i I'm fucking definitely not going to do it myself. Yeah. Like, so that, that's kind of why I've stuck around. 
you know, since then I've, I've knuckled down, but it's such a slow process um, to, to turn the ship around. Your central nervous system's been wired a certain way yeah. for so long. Uh, you know, in the space of two years, no matter how, it feels like no matter how hard I try, like I still have so many fucking rough days. Mm. But then I get a couple days uh, where I'm like, you know, that's worth sticking around for because I, I get there, I poke my head through and I'm like, fuck, I, I, you know, this is what it's like when you're just living a calm, happy, joyous life. But, you know, it, it's difficult because the world I'm used to being from is like, you know, everyone kind of had this in them and then you, you, you move away from those people because you can't get well when you're around mm. them and you move up to, say, the Northern Rivers where everyone seems pretty well raised or they've grown up in a very different environment um, and, you know, they, they can't handle you and uh, even with all the work that you're doing and shit. So, I don't know, it's, it's a trippy journey, man. And yeah, I is. watch um, I watch pro surfers and uh, people with, <sighs> suffering similar things embark on it and i think a, a big problem with celebrity is that um you know you're surrounded by a lot of uh, you're always going to have friends but they're not necessarily the people you respect mm. uh and so yeah it's it's a it's a tough one i i don't envy you know the the top performing athletes in the world who come from these scenarios having to transition back to normality mike tyson's podcast is actually incredible on this mm. front really interesting uh, and I guess I just should say one more thing uh, on all this kind of mental health business. You know, we're basically confronting uh, a mental health apocalypse right now. I think Lifeline in Australia got uh, its highest calls on a record the other day, which, you know, makes sense. All this lockdown stuff, this social isolation shit mm. is just fucking, it goes against every kind of natural instinct we have as human beings, which is, you know, we're basically, we need our tribe and our, our people. Um, so I guess one thing I have noticed is, you know, a lot of people virtue signal their intentions, you know, are you okay? Like, give me a call, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all over social media, how helpful people want to be to people with mental health problems. What I've noticed though, in reality is like when you're hanging out with people, like what you have to understand about people who are struggling with anxiety, depression, um, PTSD, these kinds of things, is that they're not pleasant to be around. Mm. It's fucking, they're in pain like most of the time or a lot of the time. And it makes them abrasive, hard-edged, uh, ill-tempered. Um, and this is a product of their fucking shit circumstances they were raised in. So like, it's such a tough one because you can't hang out with people who are going to bring you down and make you sick for too long. Mm. But at the same time, if you really want to care about uh, people who are struggling with mental illness, you kind of have to. Mm. That's what you're saying when you fucking put your shit up on Instagram or whatever it is, uh, claiming to be, to be fucking Mother Teresa when it comes to mental illness. But the reality is just sitting with people and being, and checking on them when you know that they have these problems um, and, and checking on them in a meaningful way, whether it's just going around for a cup of tea and sitting down and letting them vent, like being around yeah, man. Those, those people. It, it's 100%. fucked up. Pe- pe- you, get, you get alienated and, and, and forcibly isolated because you just get put in that too hard basket i experience it all the time mm. it's, it's it's shit it, you feel like shit and it's not nice no, you've got to make the effort you've got totally. to physically get in there and unless you've lived with mental illness you probably don't understand that one of the fucking serious curses of it is that it programs you to kind of alienate yourself without you even realizing it mm. it makes it just fucking no it does it, it's fucked up it's it, it, you're pushing people away not knowing that you're doing it 
Um, it's fucking gnarly. But uh, growing up around people who are from the shits, um, you know, you you got used to abrasiveness and outbursts um, and just emotional instability from them, and you were just like, oh, we're having a shit day. Like, it, it, you didn't take it personally. So I think people like are acting out, trying not to take it personally. Um, you know, it's just fucking. They're having. It, it's probably got nothing to do with you. Almost. Well, I can. It always has nothing to do with you. Mm. If people losing their shit. That's them in pain. 100%. It's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Know that and don't fucking, don't get all like off it. Mano says, recently moved down to Aladala and was surfing with a femgoat goddess, similar age I ever had. I lucked into the wave of the day and noticed her watching. Proceeded to do one of the greatest bogs ever seen on the South Coast. How does one recover from such embarrassment? Is it time to hang the thruster up and don the 9 single fin? Must I ride a surf mat? I need answers. UTFS. And uh, Crocs boy Kassar, 69, wrote, uh, Mano, penalty for sure, leggy on the wrong foot. So uh, someone's already dishing out some punishment there for Mano, Crocs boy. But uh, yeah, if you've been in a similar situation where, I don't know, maybe uh, Steph or Sally or, you know, uh, Pam Burridge or Lane or someone might be out in the water and you've kind of got a good section and you, you go to sort of show off a bit and completely bog it. Every day of my stinking existence, Vaughn. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I guess the way I look at it, um, you know, easy for me to say this from where I'm sitting, uh, which is in a chair, nowhere near the ocean and Mm. not having just bogged a turn in front of a femgoat. But it's all about ego validation anyway, isn't it, Vaughn? I mean, you you basically want recognition from them uh, for your surfing ability and, uh, fuck, it's a slippery slope. Oh, mate, you, the, the as cu- we just mentioned, your self-worth cannot be attached to the quality of your cutback. Exactly, mate. And also, the punishment is the crime in this situation. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of, like, <laughs> why you would need to just keep on beating yourself up after you've just bogged the rail, mate. Just, you mm. know, get on with it. Sure. Well said. Pretty pissed week, if you ask me. Did somebody step on a duck, Smithy? This is uh, the... This is a good one for you, mate. This is uh, from the Instagram handle, Did Somebody Step on a Duck? As cannabis smoke rises to the heavens more and more each day, does that heal the ozone and therefore calm Mother Earth into a more soothing tone? Up the fucking spellings. Mm. What do you think, Smith? Uh, I'd say that there would be a fair bit of uh, hooch getting consumed in these uh, lockdowns. Times. Yeah, uh, you'd think there'd be a fair bit getting uh, chopped, packed and punched. Mm. Um, we can only hope that the fumes from those freshly lunged chambers do indeed heal uh, the big hole in Gaia's lungs or whatever's going on up there in the ozone. Um, but I would say this, mate, just to be dead serious, weed is not as benign as it's made out to be. It actually, uh, from the data I'm kind of consuming at the moment through the Andrew, Andrew Hoobman podcast, mm-hmm. it fucks your sleep. And anything that fucks your sleep basically fucks your mental health. So Mate, I, uh, I be careful of that. I can't go near it. Can't even have, I can't have it ever. It's just not conducive to my, um, my body type or my soul type or my bloody physicality or fucking chemical makeup just it's just a non-mix mm. i will so say I this though i think bob marley was right when he said that you know weed doesn't tell you anything that's not actually there so if it's giving you anxiety that means you got anxiety and you should probably deal with yeah, that yeah, it, it'll amplify it's, it's it not, it's not so much that it's just fucking 100 percent head spins mate like it's just a physical thing that doesn't gel with me like i just get i get dizzy and i fucking fall over and that's it i'm done 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, just uh, it could be a, a side effect of uh, you know the passive smoking that I did as a young person with uh, Alfie just smoking those three bladers with all the windows wound up mm. my whole childhood. Pretty pissed week if you ask me. Hughes Life here he wants to know which Australian native bird should feature on a swelling coat of arms up, oh. the, up the fucking Currawong. What? Currawong, eh? Yeah, okay. Distant cousin of the magpie, perhaps. It's a, sort of a black and white bird with no uh, neck band. Mm. Similar, got a, a, a little patch of white on the, the tails. Pretty cool bird. Got a yeah. good call. Yep, yep. I was thinking more like bush turkey. Yeah, I, was, I went exactly to that place, yes. Uh, you know, just that kind of that floppy, uh, beer-toadish Gina Reinhardt neck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got, of course, the colours of this country, of its uh, indigenous people. That's right. Yep. Represents the red, yellow, and the black. And uh, you know, it, same haircut as Vaughn. Yep, yep, that's correct. Yep. Rancid little fucking toffee <laughs> apple dropped in a barber shop. <laughs> and it's uh, you know largely itinerant, just kind of moves around coastal areas, eating other people's food, <laughs> uh, making mess, and just moving on. Yeah. It's uh, I've been doing that for just 34 years, and I don't plan to stop anytime soon. Scratching up a big nest and, uh, you know, basically, yeah, scrubbing into any sort of uh, weird-ass little temple of doom that you can possibly crash out in mm. to attract chicks. Mm. Kind of works. Totally. What? What do, you, what do you mean? What? No, I'm living here now. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> Oh, I love the brush turkey, mate. It is an iconic bird. But uh, yeah, well, brush turkey or bush turkey? I've never heard it called the brush turkey. It, it actually is scientifically the brush turkey, but we'll, we'll, I call them the bush turkey. Fuck just those eggheads, man. Get out of here. Otten Carasso said everybody's favourite is the mighty bin chicken, the underdog of the avian world. So uh, he's going for the ibis. The woodpecker bird likes pecking wood. The bluebird's a bird that sings pretty good. Sparrows are a bird that are pretty cool, eh? But the ibis is a bird that drinks bin juice all day. A crow is a bird with a heaps mad squawk. A cockatoo's a bird with a sick mohawk. Chicken is a bird that tastes good and lays eggs. And ibises are bin juice drinking dregs. A goose is a bird that's chilled like a duck. An ibis is a bird that's a picnic wrecking fuck. Doves are birds that represent purity. Ibises wreck picnics and disrupt the community. Penguins are birds that fall in love and mate for life. But ibises love nothing because they're dead inside. Swan is a bird that's graceful and that. And ibises aren't birds, they're feathered bin rats. Ibis Bin juice drinking drunks Yeah, the Ibis Their beaks are gross and long It's the Ibis Picnic wrecking jerks Yeah, the Ibis They're the worst birds Yeah, interesting to note too I've got a few Ibises uh, down here in the swamp And, uh, you know, seeing them in their natural habitat They are kind of the Australian flamingo or something They, 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 they belong they do belong just uh, out, you know, far beyond the confines of a wheelie bin. They, they look quite at home in these uh, these northern rivers, uh, wetlands. Should we do a swelling coat of arms, perhaps? With uh, we, we've got the the logo in the middle, and then the ibis on one side and the bush turkey on the other. One hundred percent. Yes. Condor is an awesome bird of prey. A hawk's a bird. That's a cool bird. A eh? the eagle bird soars through the sky as it hunts. But ibises are binger drinking cunts. The albatross bird lives to sixty, maybe older. A parrot is a bird living on a pirate shoulder. Parrots say cool shit like Polly want a cracker. But ibises just fucking come up and harass ya. A lorikeet's a bird with a colourful jacket. Ibises can fuck off back to their home planet. A seagull's a bird that scabs hot chips, and there's only one bird that's scabbier than this. It's the ibis. They're picnic wrecking ear. It's the idol. I hope they don't come near us. 
Yeah, the Ivers. They're binge drinking jerks. It's the Ivers. They're the fucking shittest bugs. Oh, that's the other thing about the bush turkey, mate. I've never put sun cream on in its life. Seen. <laughs> Fuck, it's cooked. All right, so Goofy Foot Kev. This is uh, our mate Kev Keller from... Um, we spoke to him on the last episode of uh, ATS Talkback, Smivy, from uh, the east coast of the States. All of his crew constantly on the uh, Swillian message thread. Have we been able to admit the paradigm shift of the women owning professional surfing right now? From the premise of Ladybirds to Joanne DeFay and Carissa turning it on its head, Carolyn's backhand, I'm finding their performances more riveting than the men's, something I thought I'd never hear myself say. Uh, we've already touched on this, Smivy. And uh, I don't know if you want to unpack it further, but I'm kind of with Kev on this one. Mm, yeah, no, interesting. I, I kind of like the – what's the word here? There's a, a certain uh, – a lack of caution, you know, in that competitive environment from the women. They, they're a bit more uh, outgoing. They'll, they'll go shit waves. Um, you know, they'll, they'll catch more waves a lot of the time. I don't know. There's just a kind of uh, – uh, I particularly remember watching heats at uh, Snapper, you know, on those really dreamy kind of three mm. to four foot ruler edge days where it, it just often descended into this fucking boring chess match between the dudes and they'd both sit out there and wait for the mm. nugget and then watching the women just like f- fucking run up these incredible incredibly high wave tallies on inside runners wave after wave that's what i want to see i yeah, just want to surfing. see people standing on their board and surfing not well, sitting just, around I, playing checkers i don't know what it is i just i feel a little more emotionally involved at the moment with the women surfing too there's just like the, the characters are all big uh you've got a couple of like sort of antagonistic little uh hotheads in there like uh tatiana western webb like i find her surfing hard to watch a lot of time but there's no denying the attitude when she's stinging it off the top um I heard a rumor the other day. This was this really blew my mind that that uh, Carissa Moore isn't as uh, well liked as we're led to believe amongst mm. her peers on tour. That squeaky Carisso image has been besmirched by some passive aggression, some think, well, foul temperedness. You win long enough, mate. If you win long enough, you, you live long enough to be disliked, and and that's well, Carissa's starting to enter that turf. She's got four world titles, got an Olympic gold medal. At some point, that's going to become annoying to, mm. to her rivals. And, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm interested to see how it plays out. And then, you know, obviously, uh, Sally Fitzgibbons off the back of the heartbreak oh, in Tokyo, mate. Terribly she sad. She just uh, is setting herself up and all of us up for another, you know, fingers crossed moment heading into the WSL finals. Good stuff. Nice one, Kev. All right, get back on protection, you mark. Right, I see ball run. Uh, this is, we think we touched on this one in the last one, Smithy. Heard that the uh, Olympic Village can get quite rambunctious after the athletes' events are over. Any news from Tokyo? And who do you think would have enjoyed the party if surfing was an Olympic sport back in the uh, year 2000? Mm. Year 2000, who was on tour? Well, uh, Nathan Hedge was uh, well in the middle of his piggery, the hog. Wow. Gosh, 2000, I'm just thinking, I think uh, the Hoy and all those guys might have even still been on tour around then, or maybe late 90s. Yeah, he would have been, possibly. Just thinking 2000 was the year CJ Hobgood won the world title. No, that was 2001. Sonny Garcia won the world title in 2000. So that shows you, Oki on tour. I think uh, the Irons boys would have been close to uh, being there. Oh, that would have been a fucking hell gig. Mm, mm. The Olympic Village. Mm. Yes, very loose. Uh, I mean, that said, from what I'm 
understanding from the Athletes Village, uh, having chatted to Kanoa Yigarashi the other day, it's the height of you know professionalism uh, and just, I mean, I guess this is in the lead-in to the events and, and while it's on, and this is a unique uh a unique Olympics, but yeah, from what he was telling me, it was like, you know, you're basically like the energy and the atmosphere, it's all about excellence, um, you know, pushing each other. Uh, he was talking about kind of, you know, working at the gym alongside Novak Djokovic and, you know, the Joker asking him, hey, mate, if you uh, finished with those dumbbells, you mind if I throw a couple around <laughs> no and, you know, Devin Booker, the NBA superstar oh. ask, asking him, you know, where'd you get your water and sitting down with Kevin Durant and talking shop about training. And he kind of, he's, he talked about just feeling this, this sense of elitism uh, in a, in the athletic sense that was, uh, you know, really, really counter. To what we're led to believe the uh, Well, it's a long lead. way from, uh, you know, Nathan Hedge sinking yard glasses uh, in a Borat Mankini, say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Gotcha. So, but, but that said, I don't know what unfolded once the, the events were over, uh, whether there was nudie runs through the food court and the gym, uh, you know, perhaps a bit of, a, you know, the old in-out, in-out in the uh, plunge pools mm. uh, between, a, you know, a couple of the, the gymnasts and basketballs. I, I don't know what's going on there. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. The only uh, shenanigans I heard coming out of uh, the Olympic Village was when the Australian Rugby Sevens got knocked out and they had a big shindig and just destroyed their hotel room, apparently. The oh, football Allegedly. was running amok on the piss. I mean, yeah. that's highly unorthodox, Vaughan. <laughs> Pretty piss weak, if you ask me. Jim Brayo, what's he got there, Smivy? You should address surfing's insidious anti-vax problem. I- is it rife through surfing? I haven't found a... I guess it's just uh, it's it's more geographical, isn't it? Like if you come from Mullumbimby, for example, you're probably going to be fairly anti-vax. That seems to be the overwhelming consensus around town. But is it anti-vax? There's a couple on tour, but I heard someone saying the other day uh, it was about might have been on the Stab podcast actually. Like a, a canvassing of the uh, elite surfers was about ten percent were openly anti-vax. Mm, interesting. Uh. Which out of like what fifty, sixty odd people, it's not a huge number. Nah. Five or six. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, how do we address it? I mean, listen to the Sam Harris podcast, Contagion of Bad Ideas, I think. Mm. But for me, like, being a journalist, uh, you know, basically what you do is challenge your beliefs every day and you don't get too attached to information mm. because it constantly changes. So you got to be willing to throw out what you thought you knew. And, um, you know, it's that old saying, uh, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So... Uh, for a lot of people, the whole anti-vax thing has become like just an extension of their overarching anti-establishment belief system, um, you know, which I'm sympathetic to in a lot of ways. But uh, you just got to keep doing your research. And I think the best place to do your research because, yeah, podcast, uh, the mainstream media has absolutely given up all hope of ever <laughs> yeah, being trusted again. Time. But we live in a golden age of... Um, independent information and media, and that that's podcasts. And I mean, if you want you, I mean, the two best I've come across so far um, is the Joe Rogan uh, with Brett Weinstein, uh, which talks about ivermectin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's addressed uh, directly by the Sam Harris podcast, um, which kind of rubbishes a lot of the claims being made by Weinstein on it, um, and and kind of suggests that you know, in reality, fuck the vaccine. It, What's the reason not to take it? It's mm. not. It's not going to kill you. That shit is 
overblown. Like it's not going to probably touch the sides. Like the fuck, man. Like they talk about a certain amount of people died of the vaccine um, on whatever day of the week it was. Well, a certain amount of people died from getting stung by fucking bees, mm. stingrays, eating peanuts, eating fucking shellfish. So like a sad, it's a sad fact that there will be a, a micro percentage of people um, who have a, an allergic reaction to it. That, that's my view on it. I don't know. Like, fuck. I just, I basically run off. I don't know shit about shit. So I just run off yeah. people who know more than me. And Sam Harris, the guy's a fucking neuroscientist. He's been meditating for 30 years. Um, you know, fuck. I, 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 my whole take on these things is like, you need to work on yourself and destroy the ego as much as possible to see things objectively. Mm. Uh, and if you're not willing to do that, then you're not a fucking trusted source of information. Yeah. You should probably shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I just feel like the, uh, you know, where you get your information, uh, if you're getting it from Facebook wormholes, well, fucking you better have a good or hard look at yourself and where that stuff's coming from too. Because those algorithms are designed once you go down a wormhole to just keep feeding you the fucking mm. same shit. So just don't suck it up too much, Swillians. <laughs> hey. Dog. Oh, sorry. Uh, Crocs boy Carcass 69 is back. Is there any correlation with COVID vaccine and hairy nipples? Need to wrap my head around why Gabby didn't get the jab. <laughs> wow. Gabby the anti-vaxxer. Who knew? Well, he's not. He's come out since and said that, uh, you know, he just let fly with this thing saying, I'm, I haven't got time to, to get it and uh, be you know, gain access to Tahiti, so I'm not going to go. Just addressing the question, if, if the vaccine did give you hairy, hairier nipples, like if there was some sort of correlation between getting the jab and, and hair just sprouting wildly out of your uh, areola, mm. uh, you'd think that Gillette would be pushing hard for uh, Gabby to get the spike. Totally. Maybe that's just another excuse for him to rip out the razor and start <laughs> fucking shaving down, mate. Pretty pissed week, if you ask me. Motioning the ocean, is it? Uh, he wants to know has Susan had the guinea kittens yet uh, it's rather <laughs> obtuse well it's a reference to uh, Morgs postcards from Morgs has Susan had the guinea kittens yet how many are there pretty piss weak if you ask me Sam the Waterman wants to know do you think the goat the uh, goat would rather get stung by an Irukandji jellyfish on his face and have and have Fenno piss on him to try and ease the pain or get a bronze medal in the Olympics. Wow. I'm definitely going to go with the bronze medal here because I just don't think that Goat <laughs> would like to get stung by an Irukandji. No, but I, I feel like uh, Fenning has already pissed in his face uh, at some point. <laughs> that definitely um, would have happened. And it had nothing to do with a jellyfish. But uh, they've, had a, they've had a funny relationship over all these years, haven't they? Mm. It's, it's the great rivalry that never got its due, mm. the Fanning-Slater one, because Andy and, and Kelly was around uh, – well, it, it predated it. So anything that came after that was never going to live up to those heights. But, geez, in the, in the peak of Fanning's late career, those two world title runs, Kelly was just a constant burr in his fur, wasn't he? Mm. The goat. He just there, – there was so much head fuckery going on. And it, it was funny because it just bounces off Mick like fucking piss off a rock. Mm. You know, it just, it just had no infiltration into Mick. Mm. Um, a great rivalry. One of the best. And I don't know if there's any love lost there. No. And it's two of the most polar opposite approaches to competition. You've got, you know, Slater, the, the art of war, Sun Tzu, this kind of mm. passive aggressive head fuckery. Then you've got the Penrith Battler. <laughs> they just, just wanted to get the lot, you mud. Straight out of the riff with his Tommy Radonicus, New, New South Wales jersey on, uh, you know, just 
from a, a total different sporting Hard. tradition. Mm. Hard as nails. Won uh, three world titles with a hammy on a screw. Uh, oh, you know, like, it's it. It's, a, it's fuck. That's what I mean. It's, there was a real missed opportunity there for surfing to make more out of that. Mm. I mean, you and I were both working in the surf industry when that was playing out. But oh, look, I was at surfing world at the time, so I was veering off into sort of you know Rastovich land and mm. running surf trips to Sri Lanka and all that sort of stuff. We weren't going too deep on the comp stuff, but yeah, it was just a good one, man. Two guys who really, I think, uh, particularly around that time, surf wise, couldn't stand each other. Mm. I think I think personally there was a lot of uh, tension mm. that had just slowly built up over the years. Mm. And I think surfing needs more of it. If there's a common denominator in sport, it's rivalry and it's tension. And uh, I don't know, the, the kind of gentlemanly era that now presides over professional surfing, it's... Uh, it, it doesn't really... It just doesn't get the, the heckles up, does it? It's... Nah. it's uh, yeah, you can't. You nah. want a bit more. Zeke John John was a, a good example of you know where a bit of bloodlusting uh, pro surfing anger can get us. I mean, we're all watching after that, but uh, you know it's simmered. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But the, the good thing is that we've got Gabe. So Gabe, you know, regardless of his new friendly nature and all that sort of stuff, he's still a fucking gnarly bastard out in the water. Mm. Gnarly, and I love that Italo kind of has it over him. And uh, it's, there's Felipe's in the mix there too. He doesn't quite have the mental fortitude of those two other guys yet, but it could be coming. And I just feel like I, I, you spoke to him, Smithy. I'd love to get your take on this. But is Kanoa a fucking pest in the making? Is he potentially going to be the person everyone loves to hate? Well, he was saying to me, he can't really get going and heats until he feels like his back is up against the wall. You know, when he's when he's down scores and he needs runs on the board, that's when he fires up and that's when he, he feels the mana and he wants to compete. Mm. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, mate, you have to manufacture that feeling before you take to the water. You know, get your back against the wall. Get into that uh, contest. Coach Smithy could be on tour. Mm-mm-mm. That's right. Get into the, you know, Kingy, the, the, the locker stay room. Stay now, Smithy, <laughs> get your get your spray can out. Get your hoodie on. Start disrespecting lockers. Start uh, you know nicking leg ropes. Get your back against the wall. Manufacture a bit of uh, a bit of rage, a bit of anger, a bit of rivalry. Get yourself into the game. Can I get well, in there not earlier? Just that mate, he was like uh, he posted something a, tw- a tweet, I believe. Um, uh, once he had his silver medal, sort of like. Uh, in Portuguese, he speaks fluent Portuguese. Uh, he posted a tweet that said, wah, 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 or cry, cry, cry. And it was in some sort of uh, subtle reference to Gabe Medina not getting a medal or, or something to do with his heat. And then Gabe posted back saying, oh, what? You think you fucking, you want to disrespect me, mate? Like, you know, I watched the heat back. My waves were way better than yours. Like, blah, blah, blah. And, and it just it sort of like built this little... TP, this little sort of uh, sparky, fiery mm. thing that just has the potential to blow up. It's interesting, yeah. There is such a, a huge chasm uh, between, you know, awkward or somewhat angry confrontations on a forum thread mm. and how that translates into the real world. Uh, what will happen? Will it be, uh, you know, you fucking, you commented on my, my post and, uh, you know, you were disrespecting me and fucking let's throw down, let's go at it. Or will they just simply walk past each other and not acknowledge it because it happened in this strange other world that no one's quite sure whether it exists let's, and what the rules are. Oh, no. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed for a Gabby uh, Kanoa heat because then we'll know. 
Them will know. There's plenty of plenty of foul calls coming out of Brazil, wasn't there, over the the judging in that heat. Uh, Medina feeling like he got ripped off. I just think, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. It's hard, really hard to tell on on the TV screens always. But the one air that Canal Greece to get the score and 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 knock Gabe out was pretty sick. So sick. So sick. Big, almost over-rotated, nice little frontside rail tap. Fuck, that thing was fucked up. And those backside full rotation air versus Medina's throwing down. I mean, I, I watched him try a couple in the in the Barra contest this morning. They're glorified chop hops at mm. this point. A lot of the time, aren't they? I don't know. There's big ones and there's little ones, but fuck, you can't just be it's getting It's not 1990, wrong. mate. It's not 1990. No. You can't just get by on a chop hop. Pretty piss weak if you ask me. It's, uh, I don't think anyone wants getting wants to get stung on the face by any Akanji uh, jellyfish. That's a nightmare. I mean, a bronze medal like that. There'd definitely no, be a few a, people who want Mick Fanning to piss on. Oh, that, I mean... Uh, that, that woman who broke into his house, for example. Oh, yeah, that's right. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you asked me uh, whether I'd pay for surfing's only fan uh, club. Well, if uh, if I get to see old Fanning whip it out and <laughs> piss into a beaker, uh, Smoothie's coughing up. Hey. Dog. Oh, sorry. Uh, Carve Media. This is a good question. I think this one might get a prize. I'm, uh, we'll, we'll hit up the Misfit guys and see if they can uh, send something out to Carve Media. Did Jake Vincent just break the internet? Have you caught this? Yeah. Jake Vinny's uh, misfit new model and the, the clip, associated clip. I had a quick squeeze. I should have uh, spent some more time with it because it was fucking baffling. Oh, it's like so a, good. An alley board varial or something like that. Oh, it's, it's all, it's everything, mate. Like, if there's a trick to be done in uh, the surf, Vinny's got it on lock. Mm. He is our Zoltan. He's our Zoltan, yes. but he's actually got style and a bit of fucking speed when he surfs as well. Look. Well, no disrespect to Zoltan. Right. I, I don't mind that. I mean, that the man's a magician. He's a magician. I mean that, literally. That's what he does for a crust. <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, but Jake Vinny is a fucking good surfer, man. And I just love, I just love that a guy like Vinny can drop an edit and it fucking blows your head off. Because it's really hard to do that in these days, in this day and age. Inventing a manoeuvre is, I mean, is it an invention? I've never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, At this stage oh. of the game. Yeah, it's hard to invent manoeuvres, but it's also hard to just like lock away just every single wave he catches. His his make rate is off the planet. Mm. Like I was surfing um, secret break wall not far from here, Smithy, and uh, with Vinny one day, and it was like I don't know six foot, and he was just getting coned off his head, and then just flying out doing the biggest fucking ollies and chop ops and fucking just shit all over the place. He surfs with so much freedom, man, mm. uh, and the the misfit model looks good. Might yeah. put my hand up for one of those if the yeah. boys are listening. Can't wait to get one and uh, get out there and try that and probably spear myself in the... Pretty piss week if you ask me. So maybe this one is from Simon Brown or Sim on Brown and he says, we need a whole podcast on Chris Brock. He must have so many stories that need to be told. Prayer emoji. Back in that one. We'll get Brocky on again, eh? Hey. Oh, 100%. Scum Valley's absolute finest. The scum goat. Scum goat. Mm. Is there such a thing? Oh, I think, yeah, I mean, I know Byron's got its goat that hangs up on the the mountainside there up at the Cape, and I believe the scum goat kind of just kicks around uh, nibbling the residue of packets, uh, cocaine, <laughs> discarded cocaine packets hopped up, uh, washing itself in the uh, stink pipe, uh, which has long been removed, but uh, not during Brocky's time. There was many, many oh, a scum goat. All right, as Act 3, how can we get the Aussie board riders battle format in the Olympics? It would be fucking epic. I'm just backing that. Comment, backing it. Mm. I mean, 
The emotion we saw at the Olympics, chuck a team's event into that, mate, and watch it fucking explode. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, nah, the format they had was pretty fucking good, though. So I don't know if you, you want to straight away start adding tweaks to it. But Oh, I, w- I wouldn't tweak it. I'd have it as another, a, se- a separate element. Ah. Yeah, you'd have, the, you'd have the individual and then you'd have the teams, just like um, the swimming relays. Mm. Yeah. Fucking oath. Chuck it in. Chuck oh, I it love in, that idea. Hey. Could be a prize for that one. Uh, Surf Geo says, will Jadson be on the Challenger Series for the next 10 years? Ha! <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Imagine, eh? Just uh, copping the spirit animal, the Brazilian storm spirit animal, just dutting it backside, vertelet. Dus! 44 Dus! years old, just fucking hammering, tonging it. That'd be sick. I mean, I... Maybe that's where the rivalries, the characters, the the flare ups are gonna are gonna happen. Did you did you check the Challenger Series uh, tour? The actual dates that they've nah. and, and venues they've dropped. Snapper Rocks kicks wow. it off. Uh, I think. Oh, there's some pretty sick waves in there, man. Like it's it's a pretty yeah pretty solid, robust looking tour for that, those guys who uh, qualify from their regional circuits or or fall off. There's a cutoff point back on tour. If you go shit in the first three comps or the Aussie leg, you're off. Wow. Back down to the Challenger Series. So they've, they've introduced that as a method to get people uh, interested in uh, the guys who aren't going so well. That's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we talked about it. We, uh, we wanted the, the stakes to be raised, and that's exactly what they've done. The Wazzle shrewd operators, well played. Hey. Uh, Luke Kerr says, should we dare one of the WSL women to wear men's bodies in a heat? Oh, turning the clock back to the kind of 2005 Chelsea Georgeson world title. Oh, yes. Uh, below knees length bodies. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, KK, of course. Oh. Yeah. It was all the rage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, it, they, it was a kind of a – it was a – Glorious gender-neutral age of surf fashion when you think back to it. I mean, uh, there was no sight of a an Alana Blanchard oh. G-banger within cooey. Oh, mate, the, 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 the signature boardies era when they first started appearing, the uh, Andy Irons, but, like, they were all so far below the knee. Oh. I think the uh, momentum generation is to blame for that. They, they Shane Dorian rocked some basically, like, circus pants for, for a long, long time <laughs> on tour. Um yeah, why not? Pretty piss weak, if you ask me. What about Shredfest official, uh, he wants to know, is the goat that tall or is Bill Murray really short? Uh, good question. Goat, not that tall. I was actually struck by his diminutive frame uh, when we did the show there at uh, Torquay. Um, yeah, I was kind of looking up at him, watching him uh, do a karate kick or some such manoeuvre, I think, uh, while miming out one of uh, Oki's... Uh, Let's say indiscretions, mm. um, and yeah, pint-sized, pint-sized, five-nine tops. Yeah, well, I, I remember giving him a hug once at uh, Tavarua after a particularly long night of uh, D and M's, and um, yeah, it was like it was like hugging a, a moth wrapped up in a tissue, Smithy. It was just there's just nothing to him. The old goat <laughs> fucking needs to nibble a bit more grass or a bit more hay, mm. I reckon. Mm. He's not much to him at all. He's a he's a tiny little fella, but he's mm. he's got that um. He's got that like no fat thing, you know. He's just yeah. it's, it's just such a, a skeletal sort of sinewy mm. little frame here. Those plant medicines they'll do it to you. They're known for a good old purge. The plant medicines. That's what. Yeah, it, maybe it's he's a just got to get off body. the get away from the ayahuasca bowl, goat. Mm. <laughs> Christian Pritchett, give us a premonition. When Gabby loses the title at Trestles, hopefully to Morgs. Amen to that. What will the nuclear fallout look like? Mm. I mean, look. It, Everyone on earth, Gabby haters or Gabby lovers, has sort of 
signed off on this year being his world title year. Like in a traditional year, it would have been. Can't see anyone pulling back an 8,000-point lead at this stage of the season. Uh, yeah, is there going to be a fallout if he doesn't win the world title? Can you see the Wingers getting up on their soapboxes and beating their drums and having a big old fucking wah, wah, wah? Yeah, I mean, uh, I wonder how he feels about the, the new format. I know uh, he's on the record saying uh, he doesn't agree with the appointment of Trestles as the uh, climactic venue. He wanted a wave of truth. Truth, born. truth, uh, he's a man of truth. He wants waves of truth, uh, not high performance a frames, but uh, that's what he's going to get. Uh, far out. You'd feel pretty well gypped, you know, losing a world title from here, eight thousand points ahead. Uh, in a top five surf off at a inconsequential wave. The heavy so thing the for Gabby. Out. The heavy thing for Gabby, and we saw it in the Olympics, and we saw it with Italo a few times, mm. is that he's got an Achilles heel. He's got the uh, like when he gets shaken, like properly shaken, he can melt. Uh, only a couple of guys really have that ability to get that reaction out of him, but two of them will be in those finals. Mm. Yeah, you know, Glenn Michael Hall's going to be on the beach. Big time. Uh, he'll be there coaching. Uh, we know he holds a bit of kryptonite for Medina and uh, mm. perhaps he'll be waving that kryptonite uh, right next to that priority disc of all. Do you see it being a factor, Smivy? Like having in the back of your brain, I finished the year 15,000 points clear of any cunt and then you, you get out there for your first heat surf off with the final and he gets out there with Italo and loses the first one. Do you see that actually that, that the year that he's had starting to fucking – Peck away at his skull like a little woodpecker. Peck, mm. peck, 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 peck. Mm. Peck, peck, peck. Uh, yes, uh, it's true. It's, it's such foreign territory for the world tour elite. I don't know how they feel about it. I haven't heard too much about it really uh, on the grapevine mm. from the cone piece. Uh, yeah, nah, nothing. So well, who knows? Morgs, Morgs for PM. That's my, that's my call on that one. Hey. I saw Vaughn. He wants to know what's the most core surf tattoo. This uh, must be a question in reference to uh, Jonah Hill, Hollywood heartthrob's recent body love tattoo in the body glove logo. Wow. On his shoulder blade. Wow. Most core tattoo? Uh, I think it's the, uh, the boys who turn up to the Ain't That Swell live shows with Are You Kidding Me tattooed across their back. Surely. Mm. Mm. Has yep. to be. Has to be. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of UTFSs getting around to Macaulay, uh, the Wardellian. So up the Ward Aliens, up the Kidding Me Brothers, uh, up the fucking Swellians. Hey. Will Solly, would love to hear, see a pottery featuring the great man, Raglan Surf Report, up the fucking Swellians. Luke Cederman. Mm. Jeez, he's funny. He's good. Mm. He's very, very good. Mm. Comic genius. Yeah, I'd have him on. Epic goofy footer. Mm. Really surfs fucking good. Mm. Like, I mean, he was in that, um, I think he was in that, yeah, Maz Quinn era, maybe even a little after. Uh, but I remember like Luke Cederman, Maz Quinn, Jay Quinn, uh, maybe uh, Daniel Carriopa, that, that generation of Kiwis, they basically just dominated Kiwi surf covers for fucking well over a decade. I mm. think four surfers got 85 covers between them. Wow. Uh, yeah, why not? What's the condition of the uh, NZ surf industry at the moment? How are they faring over that way? Uh... Well, to, well, let's get him on. Mm. Let's, we'll give him a hoot and we'll, we'll try and find him. Not this episode, but next one. Thanks very much, Will Solly. Get back on protection, your mark. The demo man wants to know... Is it true that Swell CBD oil contains tears from the goat himself? Also, has he blocked any other Swellians on here? <laughs> Has Dempsey been blocked by the goat? I believe so, yes. What? Uh, 
He's been uh, IG flagged for, I don't know, passive aggression. Uh, who knows? How do you sleep at night, Debs? Mm. Mm. It. Mm. How would you go if the, if the goat blocked you, Smith? Uh, would you be all right? Yeah, I think I'd be okay. In fact, he actually okay. followed me recently, Vaughn, which oh. I was uh, quite bemused by. I don't know why. Uh, so a doff of the cap from DeGoat, 11-time world champ for the two-time gold cone piece award winner. Um, does swell CBD oil, contain tears from the goat himself. <laughs> Uh, if only it did. If only it did. Uh, just some of that residual uh, ayahuasca in the oil would you know, definitely add a psychoactive component that mm. would probably see it banned from the marketplace. But uh, still, it'd give you a fucking solid kicking. Hey, Tom Fraser. What is? Oh, what the fuck is the go with Ultimate Surfer? Over or under? Oh, I'm glad he touched on it. We haven't touched on it, Vaughn. Have you copped any of the it The conspicuous silence from the Swellians. Mm. Uh, bits of it, I mean... Is it on? Or can you watch it? No, I've just copped the uh, the kind of teasers and trailers. It's very sits uneasily with me, Vaughn. Gives me a, a bit of a, a queeze in the gut that uh, you know it's something I don't know whether it's the constant inundation of ticks in my bloodstream or, mm. uh, but it's something doesn't sit right. I uh, was looking forward to it until I found out who won, and then I just thought, well, fucking, why would I watch it? So yeah, I don't know if. Um I don't know if I'm really here or, or there with it. I, I I feel like it's a, it's not even under and over. It's just a fucking flat line, Smithy. Mm. Just a flat beep. No mm. heartbeat for me. That's but, a shame. Uh, look, yeah, I don't have a. I don't have it. You know that it's it's the stakes are high though. It's a wild card into the first three or four events of the, wow. of next year's CT. So, yeah. It's worth uh, getting your shirt off and shaving the nipples down for. That's for sure. Pretty piss weak, if you ask me. Gary Biz says, life is hard, but that is what makes it beautiful. Do you know of any friends, family, or random acquaintances who have given up surfing? If so, did they find their inner peace or did it burn them up from the inside out? Good question, Yeah, good question. I'm just nearing the completion of uh, Thad Zolkiowski's book, The Drop. Yeah. You know this book for one? I do, I yeah, believe yeah. we were sent I, copies, advanced copies copy. or whatever. Thanks very much for sending it through too. Uh, great. We'll, we'll break it down in detail mm. once I've finished reading it. But. Yeah, and we'll get on to that, I reckon. But, uh, I mean, the gist of it is surfing, it's both a cure for addiction and can be a, an unhealthy addiction in itself at mm. times. Uh, you know, people often uh, kind of sacrifice careers, families, financial stability, stability in general for getting the vige. Mm. Uh, and that's, I mean, it, it can be a good thing if you're riddled with PTSD and it's definitely a step in the right direction if you've been uh, you know, injecting heroin into your eyeballs. But uh, sometimes just being able to kind of uh, just pigeonhole surfing for a bit and just be like, you know what, I'm going to dedicate time to my children, to my wife, to my job, mm. uh, whatever it is. Just It's kind of healthy to to diversify your personality and, and life away from surfing. It can actually lead to more enjoyment in it. Um, it can lead to greater perspective. You can step outside the warped social hierarchy and whack egos mm. uh, that often proliferate within the cutback game. Mm. Yeah, well, I've just moved up into the hills. First time I've really lived more than a five-minute drive from the beach, and fuck, I'm loving it. Just loving it, Smith. So peaceful. Don't have to be constantly eyeballing the uh, surface of the, the water close to the house or, you know, looking at it and just, just, getting, just getting spun out by the constant 
you know, desire and need to get out there and fucking make the most of it. It's just, it's nice. And I'll get in my car and I drive down the beach now and I, I just go surfing. Mm. I don't care what it's like anymore. It's nice, man. Yeah. Uh, Has it helped anyone? I mean, your, your old man, Alfie's a, a really good example. He's a guy who's, you know, as committed to the surfing lifestyle as you could ever meet. You know, he lived in a piece of plastic at J-Bay yeah. while dosing himself for a year straight on Orange True. Sunshine Acid just to get the vision, score some offshore uncrowded waves and avoid, admittedly, going to war. Mm. But, uh, I mean, he's a guy who has, you know, when did he step away from surfing and, and how's it? Uh, he, he seems like a jolly character to me. Yeah, his, his love of surfing is deeper than it's ever been, but he hasn't been surfing much. So he, he, he'll... He'll only paddle out every now and again. He's he's not like uh you know just every morning getting up, driving to the beach and paddling out. And um, he seems okay with it, but I think that he's gone too far. Mm. The, the 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 lack of surfing in his life is a real it's a real pain. Like it's a real uh, regret. And um, I think that he could do well to give himself a bit more time out in the water. So it's finding the balance, maybe as with all things, mate. Yeah, I and think I think you don't want to just erase surfing from your life. Nah, and give it up forever. It's it'll always sit there like a a pall on your existence if you do that. Mm. Yeah, it's a yin yang thing. I've definitely had periods in my life where I've you know gone and moved to the city and even gone in search of. Uh, places to live that weren't near the coast just to see what it'd be like. And you always get called back. You always, you know, there's nothing quite as enjoyable as uh, you know, just the, the, the missions, the adventures, uh, and the vision is the cherry on top. But the, the whole, as a whole, it's a, a good way to live uh, as long as you're you know, not jeopardising your future and your children's future. True. Pretty pissed week if you ask me. Jacob Campbell, 95. Why aren't Ethan Ewing's frontside calves getting scored as high as Pooh Man backhand air reverses? Uh, because the WSL are a bunch of sellout fucking dogs that hate Australian surfing. So. <laughs> hey, dog. Oh, sorry. So uh, this is from Scotty Killen, and he said, Your thoughts on Sean Thompson carrying on like a fuckwit at Noah Dean on the uh, Boardroom podcast. Do you want to take us through this? Because uh, I did catch this mm. during the month, and it. It struck me as a bit just out of nowhere. Mm. Well, he's got form, Thompson. Thompson does. Yeah. He's yeah. known for a fucking a wacky outburst, a, an outlandish piece of uh, commentary that ages terribly. Who, who could forget, of course, his, uh, his jab at uh, Tom Carroll, Curran, Potter, Horan for their anti-apartheid boycott. Oh. Did it age well, Thompson? <laughs> Did not age well at all, my friend. Well, he also has my other favourite piece of commentary of uh, Vatia David at J-Bay. And here he goes, Vatia David, cranking himself all the way down the line. <laughs> I tried to do the accent, but I couldn't. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, this is the story, according to Derek Riley, my old boss, now at Beach Grit, uh, in a wild harangue on podcast The Boardroom, which is oiled, I'm assuming he means CBD oiled, <laughs> by Surfer's former online editor, Scott Bass. Thompson, now 66, they're master numbers, by the way, Vaughn. Typically a good age. Uh, now 66, he's led into a discussion about the WSL wild cards and so on. Thompson is a clean skin with a fiery anti-drug stance and was once described by Kelly Slater as the, quote, ultimate pro. Mm. Fiery clean skin? Anti-drugs? Sound like someone you know, Vaughn? Mm. Sound like a, a certain fat, white, happy-clapping leader of Australia? I digress. <laughs> 53 minutes in, he fumes. I'd love to see these wild cards, you know, the big mouths, like Noah Dean, big mouth, 
Just says that a second time for accentuation. Mm. I want to see that dude. Give him a wild card at 10-foot pipe. I want to see Noah Dean of his big mouth come up against Idolo Ferreira and let's see what happens. And then a theatrical pause for <laughs> What the hell? Let me tell you, the dude will be savaged. He will be crying with his body. He will be filleted like a filet mignon. <laughs> the guy's got a big mouth and never stops whining about the WSL. Let's see that dude step up. People, just let these dudes chirp, step up and put up or shut up. Ooh, spicy Thompson. Oh, wow. 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so, uh, I mean, is there, is there more to, to go into this story, Vaughn? Uh... Well, look, I just don't know where this has come from. Like, Noah said fuck the WSL, like, way, way back in 2014 or something. Mm. So, like, I haven't heard him say boo against or, or have too much to say about the WSL. I think, for the most part, Noah doesn't even care about it. No, he's really he's really held on to it, hasn't he, Thompson? Yeah, this, is, uh, this has been a, a long time brewing. He's been yeah, sitting oh. on this one just marinating for years mm. before he's finally mustered up the anger to sort of have a crack. No, you, you really wonder if the condition of the man's microbiome, uh, you know, holding on to this kind of rancid rage for so long over a seemingly uh, minor infraction. I mean, uh, I've almost forgotten it had happened, to be honest. I mean, if that's what he thinks about uh, Noah's fuck the WSL comment, you can only imagine the bile he's holding for Carol and Curran and Potter and Horan mm. over the WSL, of the, the then whatever it was, ASP uh, apartheid boycott. On, turning their back on South, South Africa. Maybe he's the next leader of South Africa post uh, Zuma and Cyril Ramaphosa, the hardline, anti-drug, fiery, clean skin, the ultimate pro, Sean. Thompson to restore that colonial dictatorship to its former glory, Vaughan? Is that where we're headed with this? Maybe. I just can't. I'm just baffled by this outburst, Smithy. Baffled. Because the other thing is, Noah has form against world champions at Pipeline. Uh, One uh, Vulcan Pipe Pro, I don't know what year it was, but I was over there commentating. It was Third Reef, like biggest biggest surf I've ever seen out there. And he comboed John John. Mm. Noah did. So... I don't remember him walking up the beach crying or looking for a hug mm. or crying or crying or what did he say? Crying. Mm. Yeah, I think I think Sean's fucking in a weird place here, Smith. Mm. Weird, weird place. 66, their master numbers. I don't know what he's doing. He's thrown away a quality year of his life. What are you doing, Tomo? Come on, mate. Jump to the good side. Hey, get back on protection, you mutt. Hey? Dog. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I like this... Uh bit of poetry from Rob Wooden, uh, a great sign-off. How much corn would Vaughn rinse corn rinse if Vaughn rinsed corn could rinse corn? Mate, as much as it takes to get this thing sparkling, Smithy. Mm, so it's all about... Till next time, Smithy. Till next time, Up fuck COVID and fuck ticks, you fucking dogs. Hey. Dog. Oh, sorry. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. 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 Oh, you gotta be kidding me. 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 You gotta be kidding me.
You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You fucking kidding me? Are 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 you fucking kidding me? You're not fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?